technical difficulties will be the death of me, bro. What's wrong? It's no, it's perfect now. Oh, it's good. It's now? perfect now. Yeah, I think we're rolling. <laughs> oh, we're rolling. Sweet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. We're on. Yeah, a little soft opening right there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, with this podcast, it's been so many like little minor bumps in the road. Really? Like with camera, gear, like software. Just kind of figuring everything out. Exactly. I mean, it man. takes a second just to get in the swing of things. But... A thousand percent, bro. If it was easy, anybody would do it, you know? And exactly. a lot of people are doing it. Like, I yeah. love the podcast space right now. No, it's really cool. I've def- right. I've, I have haven't watched too much podcasts, but I've listened to Joe Rogan a couple times. and He's a big one. Yeah, a couple of yeah. The, the big ones. But it's cool. It's a good thing to kind of switch it up. when I like it when I'm driving, just if I want to break from some music and just to kind of go, if I want to go a bit deeper. Right, right. Music, for me... If you listen to music too much, it doesn't sound good anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So especially on like a 40 minute commute, like 20 minutes in, you're like, okay, I went through my whole playlist. Exactly. Especially if you drive a lot. Like I drive to work every like 30 minutes every day. So music, I start getting, hearing a lot of the same songs. Right, right. It's good to switch it up. Probably, Probably have to start listening to some more podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts are great because it's almost like reading a book without having to read, which yeah. if you tell any kid that, they're like, yes. Like, yeah, it's great. Do you remember that summer reading stuff back in school? Summer reading Over was summer? the worst. I felt like I always tried to like manipulate my way out of it somehow. Yes, yes. Like that was the absolute worst. Right. You look up like a YouTube video. I would try to look up like yeah. a little monologue of that of that book. Dude, and... it's, just, it's just such a cruel thing to do to kids. It is. Like... They get one, you're just looking forward to that summer break. The right. last thing Two you want to think about is school. Mm-hmm. And it's always like that week before you go back. And you're like, oh man, summer reading's yep. due. Summer reading's due. School, academia, it's kind of like odd how much of our early life is academia. Especially like just, just high school, middle school, and elementary. That's what, that's 14. We start when we're five. So that's 13 years of our life. Yeah until we're 18 that we're in school 10 months 10 months out of the year yeah 10 months preschool too like that's really from the your whole childhood that you can remember right it's like you're really like most social structure and book work and like yeah friends but i think school i i enjoyed school yeah i mean yeah. i think it's definitely i mean every all, all kids say oh school sucks school sucks but it's right. definitely an important part of growing up just building Very. the social skills building skills just to go about life and right right for sure i think it's important yeah high school the beginning of high school was a little rough i was just like oh man this is four years of this but then soon after you know you meet you meet some people and it and it really starts rolling and then it's yeah. a really fun time definitely but yeah it's nice to be a grown grown up now yeah it's, it's pretty nice the responsibility's crazy yeah but uh i'm i'm on the podcast with tyler Worrell today uh there'll be a bio in the description about him but uh this man is anything but landbound, to be honest. <laughs> He's either in the water wakeboarding or in the clouds flying planes. I want to ask you a quick question to get this rolling. All right. How do you get into two completely different extremes of life, flying planes and then just the water life, wakeboarding and like that? What got you into those two different things? Very that's different actually, things. That's crazy. I've never really thought about it like right. that. Like, that's a good point, though. It is crazy yeah. now that you say that. Like, <laughs> I'm on the water or I'm like flying, and it anything is, but land. It's two really different things for sure. Mm-hmm. But I kind of I got into the whole wakeboarding thing a lot through my dad. So my my dad's always been big into water sports. Just enjoyed that. Nice. I grew up on Lake Minnehaha, so that was a big pull. But 
we had a boat always growing up and that was always something that my family enjoyed to do so my dad kind of got me into that at an early age I was on skis probably younger than I can remember there's pictures of me on skis probably at three four years old wow just riding on skis riding on a kneeboard I'd my dad tells me stories that just do circles and circles and circles on the lake on skis. Wow. Do just, you remember that? Do you remember those days, like, like as a little kid? Like, very, if I really think about it, like, really vaguely can I remember myself on two skis. But the second, I think I learned how to wakeboard when I was five years old. Right. And as soon as I learned how to wakeboard, the, the skis went away. They are never in sight gotcha. again. And just started really, really enjoying wakeboarding and Loved it from the start. I started doing competitions when I was six years old. And uh-huh. just that was my passion, like yeah. from a really early age. Like that was just something I really wanted to yeah. do and I really liked doing. Is your dad as good as you at wakeboarding? Because if he is, <laughs> that's dope. No, so my dad, he's ne- he was never like huge into it. Okay, It was just something, he just liked water sports. He actually is really into kiteboarding. So Is that when you hold the... Kiteboarding's yeah, so it's when you're flying like you're powered by a kite. Yeah. So you're kind of free to do what you want and like it's actually really cool. So you can kite like in the waves. People go super big because they have that huge kite kind of propelling them. Does but, that get dangerous? Because can't you get like really, really high on that if the wind oh, is just right? Or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, everything comes with its own dangers. Right. Kiteboarding is definitely a bit dangerous because you're going wherever you want to go and you can go really shallow. People jump over like big land gaps and oh yeah but everything comes with its dangers yeah there was a viral video of the flight or the uh kite what, what do you call it kite kiteboarding kiteboarding where yeah. a guy jumped over a little island i saw on tiktok yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. Fish exactly. islands, you, yeah yeah i've seen that video that, that was awesome. everywhere yeah people do crazy stuff kiting but he was big in into that and wakeboarding was a good like kind of cross training for kiting because you can get all the board right. controls and you don't need the wind the wind doesn't have to be there. Like when, yeah. when it's bad for kiteboarding, it's great for wakeboarding because you don't want wind wakeboarding. So why is that, that was kind of why you don't want wind. Yeah, I know. It's... Um, no, 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 it's not. Um, you don't want wind just because the more wind there is, the rougher the water is. Right, okay. And you for wakeboarding, ideally, like the calmer the water, the better. Yeah. And also, even if you have calm water, like you're protected from the wind, when you're in the air, when you're doing like harder tricks, you can feel the wind a lot in the air. Gotcha. And okay. it definitely makes things harder. Like if you're trying to do something crazy and the wind's kind of pushing you around, adds another element. So the less wind, the better for sure. Right. So you got into wakeboarding when you were real young. Yeah. So like the opposite extreme, like I said, was flying a plane. You're mm-hmm. you're a pilot. You you fly. Uh, I see you up there posting Instagram stories. What <laughs> what got you into uh, piloting? So. I first kind of sparked the idea of flying when I was 16. So I was talking, I ran into, um, his name's Daniel Powers. He's a, he was a professional wakeboarder. Now he flies 737. So I was talking to him and he wasn't wakeboarding as much anymore. And I was like, Hey, what are you, what are you up to? Like, what have you been up to? And he's like, I actually, um, I'm a flight instructor now. Like I'm working to be a commercial pilot. And I'm like, no way like that's really really cool so I started kind of talking to him more about that I ended up going out um I went out to dinner with him because it really like sparked my interest I'm like that's really cool for sure so I kind of picked his brain about it like tried to it's it's a really confusing space like the whole path but picked his brain about it tried to learn as much as I could 
about that and he's like you should go do a discovery flight um it's basically a discovery flights like you pay i think it was like a hundred dollars and you can go up in a small plane and fly the plane like with a flight instructor you go up and they basically kind of show you the ropes they take you through all the pre-flight that you do before you fly you get in the plane you do all your checklist stuff you go up and they let you actually they let me fly the plane and That's I was awesome. doing that. I, I flew out of Orlando Executive. And I'm. Fl- he's like, he told me, he's like, if you like it, you're going to know. Like, first flight, you're going to know if it's for you or not. And I went up there and I was like, wow. That's, you get the butterflies kind of thing? It's really cool. It's just, it's just something completely new. So I'm, right. a, I'm kind of an adventurous guy. So I really like doing things that are kind of out of the box. And... Just being able, like flying the plane, it it really connected with me quickly. Like I picked it up pretty fast. Yeah. Even in just that first flight, and ever after that, ever since then, I was yeah. like, that's that's really something I want to do. So are so, you pursuing that pretty heavy ever since that day? So not not since that day. So after that day, I was like, I was like, okay, that's something I can see myself doing in the future. Yeah. And it took a couple years for me. I'd started working towards my private pilot's license when I was 18. So just within this past year, okay. started working towards that. So there's definitely a bit of gap in between then, but it was always in my mind that that's something I wanted to pursue. Gotcha. Have you ever uh, had any like rough weather or any like pretty bad turbulence in those small planes while you're up there where you were like, oh my God, I might have to, I've got to get this thing down. So ASAP. I haven't had anything too scary in the fact of weather, but definitely in a small plane, you're feeling... The turbulence you feel in a in a big like a airliner flight, yeah. So if you felt those, if you're feeling those, like it's making that plane move, it's gonna make a plane, a small plane move a lot more. So a little bit of turbulence in an airliner doesn't feel like that much, but a little bit of turbulence in a two seater plane that weighs fifteen hundred pounds, right? You're getting tossed. So <laughs> it's it's something that you just have to come to terms with and know that it's okay. Yeah. And know your limits, of course. You don't want to get yourself you don't want to get yourself into something that you can't handle or the plane can't handle. Gotcha. So it's just kind of being ahead of it, being a smart pilot, being aware of your surroundings. Right. And so far I haven't gotten into anything too dangerous. Actually, quick story. Hit I was me. flying the other day, um, back from Miami. So I've been doing a bunch of like... That's awesome, man, that you can travel to yeah. Miami in a plane. So it's actually, that's that's what I've really looked at it as a cool thing. So I've been trying to do little weekend trips or day trips somewhere else other than just the typical routes that I fly because just to switch it up, it makes it wait because I need to build hours. So all this time yeah. I'm flying, I'm building hours. So it's way more fun to build hours going to a destination, hanging out with friends that I have wherever right and then flying back later that day staying the night flying back the next day whatever it is Mm -hmm. but anyways I flew down to Miami to um, hang out with some friends down there gotcha and we spent the day in Miami whatever went to the beach it's cool it's a fun day flew to Boca had dinner in Boca (laughs) (laughs) had dinner in Boca and then it was probably midnight and we're gonna fly back. I have my plane in Apopka, so from Boca to Apopka is about a two-hour flight. And my this this small plane, wow, yeah, it's not that far. Like Boca to here isn't that far, but you're not going much faster than a car. 
Right. Like this plane is cruising at a hundred miles yeah. an hour. You're just so, cutting corners. Yeah, but out of yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, and it's way cooler than driving. Yeah, like, I'd take it any day. <laughs> so it, it doesn't like two hours in the plane feels a lot less than a two hour drive just because you're like enjoying the scenery, whatever. Right. Anyway, so we're it's a two hour flight. We left around midnight, and we're flying back to Apopka. And as I'm starting my descent into Apopka, so it's dark, obviously, flying at night, no big deal. But as I'm starting my descent into the airport at Apopka, how lights work at uncontrolled airports, so like small airports that don't have um, someone controlling the field at night, Okay. um, how it works is you you turn the lights on on the runway manually. And you do that by clicking the button that you'd make a radio transmission. Gotcha. You press it five times, and that turns the runway lights on. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to come in, and I'm trying to turn the lights on. And for some reason, they're not turning on. And I'm like, man, this is really weird. I just called. Like, I haven't landed at this airport before, but I just called. And I'm like, they, they told me that the lights work. Whatever. No big deal. We'll fly over to this other airport, and I'll turn the lights on there. I start flying there, and I can't get the lights on. And my low voltage light comes on basically saying that um my my like my battery is getting like i'm losing power on the plane or on the transmitter so on the plane Ooh. so just to fill everyone in real quick planes are they're really everything really has a fail safe a lot more than good. a car good so if you lose battery power in a plane you don't lose your engine what's the backup power so another planes, battery. No, yeah, I'm just yeah. kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> just the second so battery. It's it's actually really cool. So I'm not gonna dive super deep into it because it would be confusing. Yeah. But planes, they have these things called magnetos. Okay. And once the motor starts firing, the magnetos spin, and that's what's powering the engine. So the engine is powered separate from the battery. If I that see. makes sense. Okay. So you can have full electrical failure and not lose your engine. Right. Which is super, super, super important and super exactly. co- a cool feature about mm-hmm. airplanes for sure a little fun fact but anyway <laughs> so i'm losing i'm losing like i see my low voltage and i'm losing and now i'm noticing the clicks are getting quieter and i'm like okay this isn't good so yeah there's protocol that you learn in uh, in flight school to do when you're losing power so i'm kind of going through the checklist um you put uh you have a transponder that shows people on the radar where you are so you put a certain number in the transponder so they can see you have radio failure so i put that number in whatever i'm trying to i'm going through my checklist i'm like okay so and in my head i'm thinking all right we just flew two hours i have about three hours of fuel so i have enough fuel to divert to another airport worst comes to but i don't have time to really like be messing around. Like, mm-hmm. I need to start making decisions and start making smart decisions. May I ask who was in the plane with you? Carson. Booth. Carson Booth? Yeah. Uh, Carson was, Booth. He, uh, was he level-headed? So, Carson Carson was a good person to have in that situation. Right. He's a pretty calm, collected guy. Calm. And, yeah, he was definitely helpful. But cool. I was kind of walking him through, like, just what I said. Like, look, we're losing our electrical power, but we're not going to lose our engines. Like, it runs separate, so we're, we're okay. Like, we're not going to lose our engines but we need to start making decisions. So I'm like, okay, we're going to fly right. over to Sanford because I think Sanford has 24-hour lights. Light. Fly to Sanford, dark. No, what? Dark. So what's so what? So Sanford's pilot-controlled as well. 
So now, okay. and at this point, I'm we're we're flying in the dark. Like I lost all my cockpit lighting, so all my lighting to see the instruments gone. I lost my lighting on my my lighting so other planes can see me. All that lighting's gone, and now and that was another about twenty or so minutes of flying. So my fuel is getting cut as well. So now I'm like, okay, we we have to fly to MCO. Like okay. that's our only option. MCO will be lit. Yeah. So we're gonna start. So I started routing to MCO. It's about a ten minutes from Sanford. Started routing there, and I'm thinking maybe they'll see me on the radar and turn on the lights at Orlando Executive, a smaller airport. Because mm-hmm. MCO is really last resort. I don't want, like, it's a big airport, and that's you definitely want to go through other options before you go. Like, you you want to go to the smaller ones before you end up emergency at yeah, a big airport there. like that. Yeah. Why? But just Just high stress and, just, like, high traffic or? Yes, and it's just if you have a better alternative, uh-huh. you should take it. So MCO is, it's, they, um, airports are labeled by classes. MCO is a class Bravo airspace airport, Mm -hmm. which is the biggest one. So I was trying to stay away from that. But cool thing is, so I lost all power, but I have my main source of GPS is actually on my iPad and I have like an app that all pilots tend to use. It's called ForeFlight. And through that, I have a separate little computer that shows me traffic on my iPad. Mm-hmm. So good thing I had my GPS on my iPad so I can kind of see where I'm going better. And I also can see other traffic. So I good. could see that there's no traffic at MCO and it was pretty light. Mm-hmm. So that that was reassuring knowing that there wasn't a lot of other planes because I'm flying in the dark. Yep, so yep. I start flying towards MCO. I fly over, excuse me, I fly over Orlando Executive and it's dark. I'm like, okay, so MCO it is. Like at this point, I'm low on fuel. I have no lights at any other airport. You've exhausted all efforts. Yeah, I've I've tried all my other options. I've gone through all of my checklists. Like were there any phone calls in the meantime? Or can you make phone calls up there when you're flying? Or so a lot of dead spots? Yeah. Reception is spotty. Right. So there wasn't like and also I'm kind of trying to think of everything else. I have literally Carson's holding a cell phone, like phone light, so I can see my instruments. Like, wow. Like, it's an important thing to be able to see, like, you to fly a plane is you need to be able to see your instruments. So mm-hmm. he's sitting here, like, flashlight, so I can see it. And he was being super helpful. And, and um, we we're coming into MCO, and MCO has two parallel runways. Okay. okay. So there's, like, one runway here and one runway here. So I'm coming in to land on this runway. Mm-hmm. And as I'm coming in, I'm thinking they see me. As I'm coming into land, I see lights go onto the runway. If I'm coming in this way, I see lights coming in the runway going this way. Like a plane or a car. Or so, I guess you're getting to that, but so I'm like, I see lights going on the runway. And Carson's like, dude, there's headlights coming on that runway. Like it looks <sighs> like there's a car. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. Like maybe they're like coming to like intercept us. I don't know. I'm landing yeah. at MCO with no radio calls. Like right. I don't know the procedure for that. I don't know. If I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna land and instantly get swarmed by a hundred cop cars, like GTA Five, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's about to happen right now. This is completely, I've done nothing like this before. Yeah. So I'm coming in and I see those lights, and I'm like, dude, that's really weird. Then I see the lights go faster, and I'm like, that's no car, that's a plane, and they don't see me. 
So quickly, like right when, right when I made that acknowledgement, right when I saw those lights, I like immediately turn to the parallel runway on the left. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, plane takes off. They don't see me at all. I come and land Because your lights are off. Your lights are... My lights are off. So air the air traffic... Because MCO has obviously 24-hour air traffic control. Yeah. But the air traffic control guy in the tower, I thought he was seeing me on radar. Mm-hmm. But he didn't see me on radar. I think I lost my radar like shortly before because I lost all power. Yeah. Like that was still working, but I think it was lost like shortly before. Gotcha. And he also didn't see me visually because mm-hmm. I was dark. So anyway, so I turn over, land safely on the other runway, took a deep breath and I'm like, okay, well, that was crazy, but I'm on the ground. I'm safe. Cool. And pull off the runway and now I'm on the public side like term like main MCO side so I'm like looking at my iPad trying to figure out where I should go I get off the runway I'm trying to taxi I end up taxiing to frontier terminal like literally like main frontier terminal and I'm sitting there and I'm like is nobody gonna come over here like right this is crazy. I just landed at MCO. Like, where where are the people? No lights, no radar. No, like. yeah, and no, no, like, where, like, anyways, so we sat there for, like, 10 minutes, I'd say, close to 10 minutes. After 10 minutes, airport operations truck comes up, and I'm like, okay, and I'm, the plane was still running. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know if he's coming at me with a gun. Like, he, right. he doesn't know who I am. So I turned the, like, cut the engine, open the door, and I'm expecting, like, I don't know what to expect. Guy comes up, hey, man, how's it going? Like, what happened? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I had to do, an, like, I had an emergency landing. I had full electrical outage. Like, MCO was really my last resort. No other, no other airports around here had lights. I couldn't turn the lights on. Mm-hmm. My landing light was out on my plane because I lost full electric. Like, and he's like, wow, dude, that's crazy. I'm, you handled it really well. I'm glad you landed safe. Here's the phone. You need to call tower. Like, he's really worried, whatever. So I have a phone phone call with the tower. And he's like, hey, like, um, how's it going? Like, what happened? I explained him the story. And he said, I saw you coming in for runway 18 right. And then you turned to 18 left. Why did you do that? And I'm like, because there was departing traffic on the runway straight at me I wanted to I had to get out of the way of departing traffic and he's like yeah that was a good idea I'm glad you did that (laughs) thanks tower guy (laughs) cool thanks like okay I'm glad that we can agree on that like I really wish that I thought you saw me I really wish that it wasn't you didn't send a plane at me right yeah cool I'm glad I avoided that as well and so I don't know there's like I had a couple, obviously a couple phone calls after that, like talking to hey, the Mom. tower, explaining, well, talking to the tower because oh, yeah. I landed at a big airport, no calls, no clearance, mm-hmm. which in an emergency situation, all the rules go out the window. Like get you on your, the your priority somehow. is to get down safely. Yep. So, so in the end of the day, like I did what I had to do and right. that's what had to be done. And I've talked to a ton of pilots since then that are way more experienced than me i have a guy that kind of mentors me flies for fedex and i talk to him all the time just that's a great job to make sure i'm on the right path and he was like yeah you did you did a great job like what with the cards you were dealt like you handled it really well yeah 
and you did a good job handling that. So, did anybody have a answer to what was happening when the lights weren't turning on? Was it a failure of on yeah, your transmission? So, so, no. So I had full electrical outage. So that's why the lights weren't coming on because okay. I was losing power in the radios. But yeah, it turned out to be something really simple. It's just like a ground wire from my generator. So the batteries weren't charging. Okay. So the battery, just like in your car, you have an alternator. Yeah, the alternator. Like if your alternator goes bad, eventually your battery is going to die. It doesn't recharge. Right. So the battery died and that was that. So that was my cause of my issue. That is, that's a great story. At the beginning you prefaced, you're like, I don't really have any crazy stories, but (laughs) went to Miami. This one's actually super crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, when I, uh, did my school for EMT, we always check the first thing we do when we come in for a shift at 7am, we check, uh, the ambulance and do a couple like measures, look at the engine, oh, yeah. you know, check the oil, check the tire pressure, uh, make sure all, we have all the materials we need on yep. the ambulance before you take a flight, even independently. Is there some things you run through before Definitely. you take off? Definitely. So I have a full checklist of things that I right. go through before any time I fly. And I'm, I'm pretty religious about it. Like good if, if I go fly and I land somewhere and I'm not flying for only an hour, I go get lunch. Like I, I go through the whole thing again because mm-hmm. I think it's something that's, it is super important to do. And it's really important to be proactive about that as a pilot. But yeah, you, you go through, you check, you check the motor, you check your spark plug wires, you check your oil level, you check your tire pressure, you check like all the things that kind of gauge your instruments, your lights, all the hinges, make sure everything's secure, make sure there's no missing bolts. Like there's a lot of things you check before every time you fly. Good, good. It's good that you're proactive about that because with those kind of things, you'd rather be safe, safe than sorry for sure. And you're way rather figure out those problems while you're on the ground than figure them out when you're in the sky. (laughs) You're a lot, you're a lot better off figuring that out when you're standing on the ground than figuring it out in the sky. Yeah. Uh, we touched on the topic, how you were doing like, uh, competitive events, wakeboarding Mm -hmm. when, when you were six years old, you said? Yeah. I probably started competing when I was six years old. Nice. I'm not really in that space too much, but I know, I know there's a lot of sponsors Mm -hmm. in that space to be had and a lot of brands that you can elevate. Yep. But how do some of the top people say in the world or some like top 10, top 25, whatever it be, how do they make money from the sport? Is it from competing is it from sponsors, you know, YouTube advertisements doubling yeah. as an influencer? Like, what's this space like when it comes so, to money? Making? Yeah, that's actually a great question. I would say all of the above. Right. So it's wakeboarding. It's it's a hard way to make money. So mm. you really it's not a ginormous sport. It's not like basketball or football where there's a lot of money in the sport. So to make good money in the sport, you have to kind of think outside the box or be top, top guy. So if like the top guys, I'd say top six guys on the wakeboarding, like competitive scene right now, they make good money. Definitely like competing. There's definitely money to be made in contests, prize money at every pro event. And all those guys have sponsors as well. Yeah. And a lot of those guys are doing the YouTube and they're doing private coaching and they're kind of checking all the bases to make money in all the outlets. Because right now, I mean, you you have a couple of sponsors mm. that I've seen on your uh, social medias, but you also, you know, teach uh, wakeboarding yeah. as, as a full-time job, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And that's something that I started. So I've always kind of dabbled with coaching. 
privately. Um, since I was younger, I've coached a few kids here and there since right. I was probably 14 years old. Like just messaging back and forth. Yeah, come out. Well, I'll coach yeah, you yeah, or... exactly. And I'll take them out on my boat and coach them privately. But yep. it's been cool the past. I got a, I got these jobs a few months ago when I moved out to UCF. And I've been really enjoying it. I work at Orlando Water Sports Complex, and I work at uh, Freedom Wake Park. And I'm a wakeboard coach at both both places. And it's a really fulfilling job. Like, first of all, it's something I love the sport of wakeboarding, and it's a passion that I really like pursuing. And it gives me an outlet to kind of share that passion with a lot of other people, which is cool. Because growing up, like, learning a new trick, like, mm-hmm. that's just, that's a feeling, like, I still get stoked about it to this day. Like the thought of just learning a new trick, that that sense of achievement and that sense of like fulfillment, all that hard work you took to get it. And it's just like a great, great feeling. It's cool to be able yeah. to give, like be that outlet for other kids or other people to teach them a new trick and just like their, their like stokeness on the trick, like their level of excitement, like, you it's almost that. yeah, like it's almost like just as good as doing it yourself. Like right. it's it's a good feeling to be able to get someone to that next level and teach them a new yeah. trick. Just because I know how good of a feeling that was for me, so I really am enjoying like the whole coaching aspect recently. Yeah, I could definitely relate to you because I mean, more I guess uh, mainstream sport basketball. I mean, I played basketball all throughout high school and uh, started in middle school, but. I coached um, a couple middle schoolers and then I coached some high schoolers yeah. here at the YMCA in okay. town. And uh, yeah, it's like a euphoric feeling. It's almost like you're living vicariously through them yeah. when you teach them, you know, dribbling or shooting or yeah. post moves or like, you know, philosophy with the sport. Right. Like it's teaching something is. Yeah, you're giving you you're giving you like your what you've learned. Right. You're sharing your experience with them, which is always a cool aspect in anything yeah. not, not just sports but life itself yeah. like it's just a cool cool thing for sure it's almost like being a dad without having yeah to change diapers. without having <laughs> without having the the responsibilities of taking them home and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> you get the good parts of being a dad a thousand percent um your experience with sponsors um do they give you a lot of free equipment do they you know what Kind of how does the sponsorships work with you and wakeboarding? Like, do you use their board in a couple of videos you posted or a shirt? Or So how does that work? Yeah, so I've actually been lucky enough to have really good support through the years nice. and from an early age. So I've been riding for Ronix Wakeboard since I was eight years old. And I've been, like, they've been great to me um, since I was a kid. I've always been really cool with all the guys through there. Cool. And But yeah, they, they always hooked me up with, the newest best gear and so whenever I have a like if something happens something breaks like they're really good about getting me stuff quickly like, nice you just message them and say hey I just yeah so like I'm going too hard in the paint this yeah, happened. yeah yeah and things happen too like when you're riding every day you're riding hard things break it's just yeah. the matter of it's not it's not saying that their stuff isn't the best but things just break when you're going hard so right. yeah just message the team manager and She's like, okay, um, we have this in stock. Like, we'll get it out to you. And so they've been really great throughout the years. Shout out to Ronix. And um, I ride for Mystic. So they're like a clothing oh, yeah, company Mystic. I'm sponsored by. They they do a lot. So they have some really dope clothes. They have wetsuits, um, life jackets. So mm-hmm. they keep me hooked up on that aspect. It's nice to have, like, it feels like Christmas. Sometimes I'll come home and there's just like this ginormous box. 
And I'm like, yes, like this is the best. Yeah. Like they just send you out new drops, like when they yeah, so like they send it out. Yeah, like they'll email me and like, hey, like we need to place your order for spring summer, and so I'll go on there and okay. I'll pick all the things that I want, and they'll send me that order. And yeah, so they've been great to me. Like it's wetsuits and stuff; they're essential to be able to ride year round because it gets cold even oh, if, yeah. even in Florida so sure. and they're and they're pricey but Mystic has great 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 suits and it's sweet to always have like the best gear from them as well right you're so I, I like your Instagram a lot you yeah. post a bunch of really really dope videos and well well edited too I appreciate um, it yeah yeah I I definitely appreciate your content because coming from cuz I like to edit videos yeah and whenever I see like a good masterpiece, I, I can just already see the Final Cut Pro timeline in yeah. my brain. You know what I'm saying? Like all the little titles and transitions yeah. and changing the speed and whatnot. But uh, do you record with an iPhone or do you record with like some cameras? Because some of the, qual- the quality on your Instagram is really nice. Yeah. So typically the stuff that's posted on my Instagram, I'd stay away from the iPhone stuff uh-huh. just because it's not... Like iPhones, iPhones actually have came a long, long way. Like the quality on sure. iPhones are great, but yeah. typically I try to get some more like unique angles. I do a lot of GoPro Depth stuff. And... Like I do a lot of GoPro stuff just because you can get like up close and personal, like right up with the rider, which I think is dope. Right. And then we'll shoot like with like DSLRs from the boat. So yeah. like GH5s or Canons oh, or whatever. Oh, GH5, yeah, yeah. And, and drones, drones too. Drone, drones have been a big big thing for sure um but yeah always i try to stay away like you won't see too much iphone stuff up on there right i wanted to pull this up because <laughs> i really liked this video uh, oh the winch video yeah. yeah let me turn the volume on this is pretty dope yeah i got smoked. so that thing's called a winch is this what you use at the school or what what is no, that so this is like a real urban side of wakeboarding so I'll let it play through one time with the. Oh yeah. So this is like, that's like the real urban side of wakeboarding. So that's winching's really cool. I haven't done a ton of it, but I was actually me and my roommate yesterday were going to look at like some cool spots that we could hit. So right. that's pods. like that's something that we're shooting a video. It's a it's called Space Tapes. It's a video contest. So it's like mm-hmm. me and four other guys, and we were filming this part for to put in a video contest so we went like on a day and we just went to all these different winch spots gotcha. and hitting different spots but winching it's it's like this motor and you have like line so you have your rope right you pull out the rope and then the motor pulls in the rope and you can put it like you can put the winch theoretically wherever Anywhere. you can find somewhere to tie it up to and so yeah we found that spot like find that little ledge and we got there and i'm like dude like this ledge is cool, but it'd be way cooler if we jumped off that land, then dropped the ledge, then hit it. Right. So after that, like, that's what we were doing. So we would like, we'd kind of climb, like, scale our way up onto that ledge and then, like, get pulled off the grass strip, jump down. And then <laughs> there's obviously that video of me getting kind of smoked. Yeah. <laughs> looking back, like, I haven't hit too much concrete. And looking back, I did a board slide on it. So, like, I put the board sideways and hit the rail sideways. Looking back, I definitely should have, like, 50-50'd it because the concrete's sticky. But yeah. I was going to, like, we were, I was going back up to hit the spot again. And 
someone called like security was up on us so gotcha. we got kicked out of the spot but yeah as a security guard what, what did he say when he first got <laughs> there and saw you guys doing this? he's like oh dude he's like he was like what are you guys so we saw him coming and we're like oh damn like we can't hit it anymore or whatever right and the security guard's like what are you guys doing like so like we're wakeboarding like for this thing he's like that's really cool yeah we're like oh thanks he's like so like you guys must be like really good to be able to do that and not like die and we're like yeah we're trying to film for this part like he's like yeah well i wish i could let you keep doing it but right i had a call so you guys gotta go i I appreciate cool uh security guards and cool cops like that people people if people could realize that they could handle a situation right. without being rude about it, like then it's all, like he was like we were respectful to him. He was respectful to us. Like there's yeah. no. It's when people come out like, and you you see it in any any situation. People yeah. will come out like just automatically angry, automatically in a bad mood, Very. and it's like there's there's just no need for it. Like everyone can just be a little more respectful. Yeah. In this video, I'm showing this. This is, do you know that little secret Claremont Beach yeah, yeah. spot? Of course. Well, uh, this is a secret like beach we have here in Claire- Claremont, <laughs> uh, kind of hidden away. It's really, really nice. And I made a video back there. But at the end of this video, uh, this police officer comes up to shut it down. Somebody saw us back there and called yeah. the cops. But he was super cool. He's like, man, I didn't know there was this back here. Yeah. So like, I've never been back here. He's like, man, he's like, I might he's be gonna, stopping he's by. He's going to start pulling up yeah. there. Yeah. That's what he told us. He took a picture, a group picture of us too. And he's like, man, I'm going to have to bring the family yeah, back here. Cool. But yeah. yeah, I think he's at the end here. Might have missed him. No, I, I know. I was bummed him. we didn't get a video like with the security guard. Because we showed right. him. We were show- he's like... We're like, here, man, like, you want to see the video, like, of us doing it? He's yeah. like, oh, it's so cool. I'm like, damn, we should have got that on video. Yeah, yeah, him reacting. Because it was cool, yeah. Yeah. Because he was, he was a cool dude. Like, he he was just doing his job. It's not, yeah. it's not his if fault. If you guys get hurt back there and, Yeah, you know, I mean, he got a call comes. and he's got it, like, he's doing his job. There's no point right. to give him flack and he was, he was cool yeah. to us, so. I just, I never understand the caller. Because, meaning, like, if I lived, you know, if I'm living in a house, I'm with my wife and I got my kids and I see some, you know young young men back there doing some crazy <laughs> stuff clearly recording i'd be like oh what you guys doing this yeah. is dope but like, this was like this was, it was a pretty hot spot like it oh, was really? not low-key it was right like it was in metro west like right off of the okay. main road right in front of like a fairwinds bank yeah like there's restaurants like it was we we're bound to get called on gotcha like, we're some huge public place yeah really. huge okay. public place like there's bound to be that yeah. karen that's like oh my god yeah like these kids are crazy. Like, get them out of here. Do you so, know they're back there? Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. We like we we were going. We went to a spot earlier that day, and we were going to that spot. And we're like, oh, cool. Like, there's a Wendy's. Like, we hit the Wendy's and literally walked over to the spot and that started fo-fo-fo? hitting the spot. You get that always fo-fo-fo? get the fofofo. <laughs> have to. Insane. They don't, don't they have a five five, the, five now? Yeah. Or something honestly, like that? honestly, I started getting the biggie. You gotta back. upgrade a little bit. Yeah. You, know? you gotta splurge sometimes. Mm. That extra dollar, you get the yeah. better burger. Yeah. With the inflation going on, uh, there's going to be a 10 for 10 coming up soon. Yeah, for real, minimum <laughs> wage is skyrocketing. Skyrocket, baby. Um, so I write on my uh, little talking points, I have first flight with an exclamation point and a question mark, but we already hit that bad boy. Uh, oh, with yeah. commercial with commercial flight, mm-hmm. um, is that kind of like your 
your end goal? Is that something you'd want to pursue in the future? Yeah. So I, you're trying I to get your hours in, right? Yeah. Is it 10,000 hours or is that just something people throw out there? No, it's, it's, it's a lot of hours, but not quite 10,000. Okay. So I'll kind of give you a rundown on my path, my, my lineup that I'm trying to do right now. Gotcha. Um, so I have my private pilot's license right now. Uh-huh. And so I've been flying a bunch, building hours towards my commercial license. There's li- mm-hmm. there's licenses I have to get in between, but the one that you need a good amount of hours for is commercial. So you need 250 hours for your commercial license. That's not too bad. No, but... Um, Especially trips to Miami. But yeah, so <laughs> that that's commercial so you can work making money, but not for the airlines. So airlines, oh. you need 1,500 hours. Oh, okay. So there, there's that worse. next step. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot worse. Okay, but <laughs> so right now I have my private license. I'm working towards getting my instrument license. So that's okay. basically so I can fly in instrument conditions, which means you can fly in the clouds without, um, without sight outside of the plane. So you're okay. flying strictly based off your instruments. I see. You, you know what I mean? So okay. you can fly straight into a cloud. Right. And not be able to see outside of your windshield, but still be able to fly the plane perfectly. Yep. Because you're flying based on your instruments. Is that something you think you could do very soon? Yeah. Or right so now? That's something I'm like already kind of doing. So I haven't. Okay. I'm. Um, so you can get 25. It takes 40 hours to get your instrument rating, at least mm-hmm. minimum. So 25 of those can be without an instructor with another pilot. So I've been flying. Right. A lot with other pilots and you put on these goggles that make it so you can't see out of the plane it's called simulated instrument so you can get 25 hours of simulated instrument without an instructor so that's what I'm working towards right now and then once I get those I'll do the other 15 or 20 hours with an instructor and try to knock that out hopefully within the next few months gotcha how do you balance uh, cuz you moved out near UCF you, mm-hmm. You're at school. Are you studying at UCF? Yeah, so I am. Uh, this was my first year okay. at UCF, and yeah, I moved out there a few months ago. Are you what? Uh, what are you digging to over there? Are you doing? Uh, what, what's your major? So I'm majoring in business marketing, which okay. might seem a little odd because I'm trying to be a pilot, but it was a kind of an eye opener to me that the airlines actually like to see um, degrees outside of aviation. So gotcha. they like to see that. You, they know you're going to get all of your flight experience through actually flying and through the course of getting your 1,500 hours. So they'd rather see that you can do something other than just fly. You know, you yeah, can get you you're can, competent. You're competent life. elsewhere. Like you're, and you need a college degree to fly for the major companies, so the big mm-hmm. airlines for the big cargos. So that's why I'm pursuing like my bachelor's at UCF because I want to make it towards like those big companies. Gotcha. Were you with uh, Carson out there when you guys saw Nelk? Yeah, you were with them. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, yeah. their Instagram story. I think I saw you in the background. Yeah, yeah. I'm like so, Tyler, yeah, Carson. I made it. Yeah, I made it into. I made it into their video, yeah. which was actually dope. What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Nelk. Yeah, I uh, one of the first podcasts I was talking about the Nelk boys and their content's absolutely amazing and it's next level. Mm. But sometimes they can be like straight up douchebags to the point where it's like it's entertaining but like oh you know those trips they do and they're all like in on it and there's like the instructor and they're like really like making fools of the instructor and whatnot i saw did you see the one where they did the um the bigfoot tour yes dude that one was pretty great that one they clowned him yes they clowned him that one did that didn't they didn't they do a in that video 
Steve will do it. And they did a fake uh, Bigfoot, didn't they? Yes. And that's what. Yes, they absolutely they clown the dude. And, <laughs> that's genius. And oh my gosh, like that. Yeah, they're funny. They they they're creative right. too. Right. Like the stuff they come up with is funny. Like yeah. I I really like watching their videos. It's entertaining. Yeah. But it's it so... was cool. It was cool. Like so, my friend texted me and uh-huh. he said, "Hey, like there's this party tonight, and supposedly Nelk is gonna come. Like Nelk's in Orlando." This girl said they're coming, like she's DMing with them. Right. Because Nelk, wherever they go, they start, they DM, they DM people in the area. Yeah. And they like message people in the area, normally girls, like attractive girls. Yeah. Hey, what's going and on? And figure out like what the best moves are in the area that, because right. they're Nelk and they can find the best <laughs> moves. And they want, everyone wants them everywhere. So this chick literally threw a party for Nelk. So she was nice. throwing this party just in, pure hopes that Nelk was going to show. So I was talking, I told Carson about it and he's like, we have to go. Yeah. Carson, Carson's a walking move. Oh yeah. Like if you you have a move, Carson's there, he'll drop whatever he's doing. Carson is a walking move. So we go, we go and we're there for, we're there for an hour or so. And we don't know if they're going to come and the party, it's fun, but it's not crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a fun party Mm -hmm. and whatever. And then, Nelk, like word was Nelk was in the building and the party just like it went up by a hundred levels just because that's why everyone everyone was there because they wanted to see Nelk. Right. And so the party went from like a kind of low key, like lamer side of parties to like crazy party. Just because Nelk was there. You want to show out for the cameras. Yes. So the cameras start so rolling. Nelk they they walk in, obviously they have their whole crew, bodyguard, filmers, mm-hmm. like Kyle, Jesse, the whole the I whole gang, Jesse. yeah, the whole gang, and um, they walk in and people are just going crazy, like yeah, absolutely crazy, and they're actually cool, like really. I talked, to, yeah, yeah, I talked with Jesse for probably like five minutes. No way, yeah, I talked. Jesse's the one guy I would want to talk to. Dude, I have a picture of him. I have a picture That's like dope. with Jesse, like he's he was a cool dude. They're yeah. all they're all surprisingly down to earth, and right. one of their um, they're like uh, clothing designers. Actually, went to another party the next day, and they're supposed to come again. They didn't show, but their clothing designer and their chef came. And I talked mm-hmm. a long time with the clothing designer, and he basically he's saying like Kyle's like a really down to earth guy, and he's really smart. Like behind the cameras, behind the scenes, like he's a smart guy, and he yeah. actually he's. Definitely the, the brains behind Nelk and it I makes can, a lot of things happen. I can definitely see that and understand that because so many people in that space, I mean, when the camera comes on, you got to like act and play the part and yeah. be awesome and be fun. But like, like I said, with this podcast, just like getting it up and going and like posting it places and marketing it, it takes a lot of like behind the scenes brain power. And like people like, I w- I'm going to just throw this name out there, Jake Paul, like he's crazy and he does the most stupid things and he's hated by a lot of people, but. That's because like he has a brain and there's brains behind the operation. It's marketing. So yeah, Kyle, I can definitely see that. That's cool that he said that about him. Yeah, and he he said he was a pretty like he didn't have he was kind of in a rut and Kyle like flew him out to the states, nice. started getting him going, and he mm-hmm. was friends with Kyle from high school, and just like saw the potential in him in Canada. And, yeah, in yeah. Canada, flew him out to the states, like yeah. saw the potential in him. And he was just talking on and on and on about how great of a guy he is, which which is cool to see, like talk to someone that's actually like 
close to someone that's that you don't know behind the camera. Right. Know someone that knows him behind the camera. Know someone that knows him before he blew up. Right. And just hear that he's actually like a really cool guy, down to earth guy. So that's it was cool talking to him yeah. about that for sure. Uh, you know, uh, Gabe Nogler and Austin Edmondson and mm-hmm. them. Uh, yeah. They were at the beach. I think they were in Daytona. I and saw Steve that. Steve and Kyle I were out that. there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Steve was out there. And they were just like throwing the football in the in the water to Steve will do it. They were just throwing the football back and forth, yeah. just having a good time. Because so. Steve, Steve will do it. He grew up in Oviedo. Yeah, that's right. That's I have, right. Like, I, have a, I have a friend that went to high school with him. That's like boys with Steve. Nice. Was Steve and always kind of like uh, that party, like down a bottle kind of guy? Or was... I, I don't know. I haven't talked to him too much about gotcha. like... But I can only imagine. I can imagine he's. You have to be always a little bit crazy to be doing that. Right, right. I couldn't imagine. I can't. I can't chug a bottle, bro. Dude, you gotta think. I, we were talking about this the other day. I forget who I was talking to it about. But the second that camera comes off him, he has to puke. Right. 100%. There's no way. You gotta get that out of your system. Like, I think he he has to instantly puke. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's yeah. no way you drink that much alcohol. And don't instantly puke. Right. It's just no way. Right. It's no way that travels through your small intestines and your liver fine. Yeah. Like, and that also, has to burn He also has to be, like, so obliterately drunk. Yeah. I guess if you instantly puke it up, maybe it's It not. won't be too You could probably puke it all up instantly after, but I'm sure, like, that'll leave you with, Dude, like, a twisted suck. stomach. That would suck. Yeah. I can't imagine even <laughs> the buzz, the buzz or the drunk after that. Like, you take four shots. I take four shots, bro. I'm good. I'm warm. Yeah. <laughs> My, I'm smiling. You know what I mean. I'm goofing around. Yeah. I couldn't imagine like forty shots in a bottle. Like, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not the type of person that can like take a huge rip from a bottle. Like, right, right. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I don't I'm, know how he does. Yeah, that. I just turned twenty one, and I'm already kind of like done with just drinking liquor straight. Like, I'm like a beer guy now. I like yeah, to take drink it, cheap dial it beer. back a bit and. Thousand percent, bro. Get get a Michelob Ultra, yeah. nice light beer, just some Bush lattes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, Nelk's cool. Nelk's cool. Hopefully, collaboration in the future. Yeah, Man- manifesto. Oh yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They're they're in Florida a lot. Mm-hmm. Didn't they? Uh, they ran from Florida a while ago because they were like threatened. Or, they were like uh, during quarantine when they were doing like these oh. traveling around to universities yeah. and partying and stuff kind of around the time you guys hung out with them mm-hmm. didn't they get threatened by like a real I gang so. here oh and they I had to like that. get I'm out not sure i heard they were getting like they're in some stuff i think it was in tampa right i think so maybe in tampa yeah i, I definitely do remember seeing that they got into like something sketchy and just got out as soon as possible right. kind of stuff which is kind of sketch yeah while we're in the YouTube space, do you know uh, another uh, big Florida, big Florida YouTuber, uh, Ross? Of uh, his his YouTube channel is called Vlog Creations. Hmm. His name's Ross Ross Cameron, I think. So I'm actually I'm not huge into the whole YouTube scenes, believe gotcha. it or not. So yeah. like I watch Nelk like every now and then because I yeah. think it cracks me up. But in the whole YouTube scene, I'm not like big into that. Gotcha. Did you just watch the top players like Nelk and stuff? Yeah, not yeah. dude. Honestly, like, not. I don't even watch the top players that much. Like, yeah. I'll watch like I don't. I'm not the person that has like push notifications on. Like, oh, Nelk dropped a video. Oh, like, right. let me go watch. But like, if if I'm bored and I'm not doing something, and I'm like, oh, Nelk oh, video. Recommended. Like, yeah, I'll watch a Nelk video, but I don't watch like too much YouTube. Yeah, no, I get that. But uh, so being out in UCF, you saw the Nelk boys. Mm. Since you moved out there, um, 
has life kind of like changed or so it's different from claremont you know we have the chain of lakes you know oh, it's yeah. thrown back a lot of you know old older people like pretty relaxed here yeah and nothing against claremont either like i loved growing up here it's a oh, great place to grow up like all the like just growing up with the chain of lakes and happen to be such a great place to wakeboard there's a lot of pro wakeboarders that live out here so great stomping ground for sure but yeah i moved out to ucf a few months ago and it's been cool like it's a good change of taste different crowd over there meeting a lot of new people a lot of cool people for sure and just the new jobs so busy working and Mm -hmm. just it's good to have change i like i'm a person that likes change i don't i don't like kind of doing same old same old thing all the time so thousand percent it's it's a it's a good new new taste out there yeah so when you're balancing like i said uh your your school uh your full-time work coaching and teaching people how to wakeboard Mm -hmm. piloting wakeboarding yourself and partying how do you make time to like have fun and like do you party out there you probably got like a full schedule (laughs) but like yeah how often do you go out what's the crowd like at ucf so i don't go out some guys go out every night that's insane to me i can't do that some people really like they live downtown like they're out every night one i don't know how they get the money for that because downtown's expensive and two i don't know how they have the stamina for that Mm -hmm. like i'm not a person that i like going out for sure i like having a good time yeah but i'm not a person that's like I need, I, I want to go out every yeah. single night. What's the move tonight? What's the move yeah, tonight? Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. woke up four hours ago, but right. what are we doing? After like sometimes I'll be so down to go out and then I go work like a full day in the sun and I get home and I'm just like, man, I'm tired. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm beat. This is a long day yeah. in the hot Florida sun. But no, I've definitely, I have a lot on my plate right now and mm-hmm. just between work, flying, wakeboarding and school, but I've been trying my best to kind of juggle it all. The cool thing is that the work I'm doing is like something I like to do. So like I'm, awesome. I'm working out on the boat. So I'm on the boat all day. I'm coaching. But at the end of the day, I'm still like doing something that I have a passion for. And a lot of the times um, like I'll get to ride for the students or for the people. A lot of people come in town for like three days. They'll do like a three day camp and stay with the uh, the other coaches that actually own the school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times they'll want me to ride to kind of show them like... This like, is a good... Yeah, this, this is... is a, yeah, like it's one of the top top wakeboarders right. like in the world. Like, well, not even so, but just like... A say good, it, bro. A good wakeboarder. Uh, being whatever. humble is nice, but it, it, say what you, yeah, what you yeah. gotta say. Um, but it's cool. That's yeah. cool too. It's just like... You're riding for someone like you're riding for people that haven't seen anything mm-hmm. anyone do a flip on a wakeboard before. Right. And so they're stoked and that makes me stoked. And so that's cool. A lot of the times I can ride while I'm at work, which which is dope. And then I'll fit in flying before or after work yeah. or a day off. And how much of it was talent and how much of it was like a learned skill when it comes to like wakeboarding? Because I mean, you started when you were really young. I mean, what did it just feel right right away and you exponentially grew at the sport so i think was it something you had to really grind for and really like you know i'm going out at 7 a.m i'm gonna be trying to Mm -hmm. you know attack these tricks or did you kind of get out there and oh i can do this trick like i can already i already have the movement like yeah so there's definitely a lot of hard work behind it right like wakeboarding is something that i've heavily pursued since i was younger and it's mm-hmm. not not because i not because i 
even was trying to be the best. It's just yeah. like I loved wakeboarding. It was something I loved to do. I never right. my dad, my parents were always supportive of me to wakeboard and they I'm thankful they were never the parents to over push me and make me do more than what I wanted to because you see a lot of kids I see a lot of kids now that I'm coaching, a lot of parents that they push their kids hard. Yeah. And you can't push a kid harder than they want to be pushed. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's only so hard you can push a kid. And at the end of the day, like it's just wakeboarding. Like they, they should be doing this for fun. You know, they, sure. they shouldn't be enjoying this. So I'm glad my parents never pushed me harder yeah. than I wanted to be pushed. They were always there to support me, always there to make sure I was like, I was doing what I wanted to do, which is why I think that I still love wakeboarding. Right. And if you, I think a lot of parents, like when they push their kids into say sports or any aspect of life, it leaves no room to grow passion for that thing. Exactly. If you give them their space and let them do what they do and have fun with it. Let them build that love on their own. Exactly. And if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. That's them. That's, you know, everybody's their individual person. If the passion doesn't come, clearly they weren't supposed to be an amazing wakeboarder. They were just supposed to enjoy wakeboarding. Yeah. And I think since I've always had like love for wakeboarding is why I've been able to progress as much as I have because I've always enjoyed doing it. I've always enjoyed getting better. Right. I've always enjoyed pushing myself to the next level. So that's that's something that is cool to look at. It was it never felt like I need to go wakeboard because I have like of course when a competition's coming up, mm-hmm. sometimes it get it, it gets stressful. Like right. I'm you're cramming to get you wanna you never want to go into a contest and do bad. Like at the end of the day you wanna be prepared, you wanna go there and you want to show out so know what tricks you're landing oh yeah you want to go in and be consistent so there was of of course with any sport there's that stress behind it and it feels good once it's over oh yeah and it's just exactly and you you go in the end and if you come out with a good result like it feels great and if you come out with a subpar result then you know what you have to work on and it kind of hit the bucks keeps you keeps you pushing and keeps you learning new things so competition aspect i think I think competition is a great thing for kids to kind of go through. Like, yeah, the participation I, medals and all that. I'm not really with it. No, I, I agree. Like, it's. I think it's a good skill, a good life skill to learn that hard work gets you a good, a good yeah. reward. Like, hard work gets you that outcome right. that you're looking for. If you're not, so that's something. I think that's a skill that wakeboarding's really taught me is that the harder you work the better the outcome is going to be. There's no, mm-hmm. it's not luck. It's not, it's not, yeah, you're not just blessed with these skills. Like, of yeah. course, there's some talent behind it. Like, of course, of, of course there's talent behind it. But yeah, yeah. And, you know. but a lot of that, it's hard work. The harder you work, the better your outcome is going to be. Thousand so percent. I think that's, that, that competition in sports mm-hmm. is a great skill for people outside of sports just in, and work and school and whatever you want to pursue right is the harder you work the better your outcome is going to be at the end of the day thousand percent i always like to say uh for me um i, I i'm always working hard but uh, i like to work hard uh in an intelligent way like mm-hmm. i don't like to do too much to where i'm not getting i i call it the uh there's this guy i follow his name's arlen moore mm-hmm. successful guy uh, just overall in, in media and just life he, he lives in the hollywood hills like he's just a fam- like a kind of a clout chaser i guess but he also does like motivational things 
uh, which I'm not super into, but Arlen Moore is the one guy that touches me. Okay. And he has this thing called a 80-20 rule. Um, do 20%, especially when you're spread thin, do 20% of the work to, to reap 80% of the benefit rather than doing, you know, 50% of the work or even 100% of the work to reap Minimal 90, benefit. 95% of the benefit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, cause I, I tend to spread myself thin. Um, so I, that, that 2080 rule, I kind of like to like engage yeah, my you're, mind you're and sneaking, lock in a little bit. You're working smarter, not harder. Right. Like yeah. if I can do a high intensity interval training with cardio in the morning, cause I have mm-hmm. a busy day. Yeah. Like for sure. Doing 20% of the work and 25, 30 minutes and reaping 80% of the reward, right. my metabolism, getting my hormones running. Like, right. Cause you could have probably have got that same benefit by running slow and running long. Right. It's all, it's all how you look at it. Like sure. if you want to, if you don't, if you need to squeeze something into your day, you don't have time to go run a half marathon, then, right, you know, right. like there's, there's definitely, you got to think smarter. Yeah. And if you're sure. in the gym, like say in that morning, or I, I made space where I went to the gym for two hours and I put in 80% or a hundred percent of the work. And then I reap 90% of the reward. That's an extra 10%, which is awesome. But I also worked 80% harder for <laughs> yeah. that extra 10%. So sounds like it sounds like I'm a half-ass artist, but that's not the way I look at it. <laughs> no, <but laughs> you got if you have stuff on, you got a lot of stuff on your plate. You gotta yeah. you gotta figure out how to balance things. And I found that like a lot recently is like with with every all this new change and all this yeah. new stuff I have going on. That because I was when I lived in Claremont, I was going to the gym pretty much every day. I was. Mm-hmm set on it. I love, I love working out. I like, it's something I like to do. Yeah. And, but since I moved to UCF, that's something that's definitely been lacking. Yeah. Just not, not cause I'm lazy or anything just cause, or not cause I don't want to go work out. It's just cause like work and flying and wakeboarding and school. It's just, there's a lot to do and not a lot of time. There's yeah. more, more to do than time to work with. Oh, for sure. And you got to have time in between for yourself. You yeah. Know? Time, you got to wind down. Yeah. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And that's why that 2080 rule works, works really re- well for me. But, uh, also a big one for me is I, I like to make outlines. Like if I really want to achieve something, like I'll build a little outline of what I need to do to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like, I'm a big believer in thinking it and then writing it down. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, what's, uh, can't believe I can't remember this actor's name right now. He's ginormous <laughs> and one of my favorite people on earth. But uh, he's in the in Interstellar, the main actor in Interstellar, and he's in so many other movies. Uh, Man. Ah. Anyways, somebody's listening to this right now, and they're like, "Oh my god, uh, it's this guy, dude! Yeah, How do you yeah. not know this guy?" <laughs> Let me look it up real quick. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a big. I'm not a, a journaler, or I don't journal or anything like that on my day. But he's huge into Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Matthew okay. McConaughey. You kind of give me Matthew McConaughey vibes. I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even the voice, the rasp. The, That's yeah, funny. Yeah. But uh, he journals every single day. Um, at the end of the day, he writes down what he did, you know, what made him feel good, like connections he had, relationships he built. Um, so he puts it down. He thinks it, puts it down on paper. That way he can kind of log that stuff. Because, you know, memory for me... Something happened the other day. I don't even remember what I did yesterday. Yeah. I remember what I did earlier today, but not yesterday. Right. But uh, that's why I'm a big believer in in writing things down and building yeah. outlines for success. A hundred percent. You you write some you write your things down. Now you have something to kind of better help you visualize that right. goal. I had a golf coach because I played golf. 
Yeah. Um, he was big on that. Like after the lesson, like write down what you went through. So cool. when so when you want to go out and practice next, like you have something to reference, and it yeah. helps you better get those thoughts in your head. Yeah. Success favors the prepared mind. Exactly. It always will. Hundred percent. It always will. This is a really good podcast. Uh-huh. I, I I love it, bro. Yeah, it's been going sweet. It's cool because yeah. like I've never done anything like this really, so I didn't know how it was really gonna go. How to approach? But it's it. cool because it's been going like supernatural. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like we're just having a conversation. At some point, it's like I don't even know that the cameras are rolling. Thousand percent. And I, I think that's the best way to have it. Super important. Yeah. Epi- I think this is episode thirteen or fourteen. But yeah, like when I first started. <clears throat> It was really difficult to like have a natural conversation and just yeah. kind of log it and and you know let people into the conversation. It was it felt forced almost. Yeah, because you gotta. I feel like the more you do, the better. I mean, you're you're good at. I feel like talking to people, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I love doing. I love talking to people, bro. Yeah. So you already have that knack, and the more you do it, just the more you're gonna kind of figure out how to make it more natural and it's right. make it more kind of effortless yeah. same with anything you do it yeah you do anything enough you're yeah, gonna, you're get, gonna good get good at it, at it. right yeah. right even if you don't have a wakeboard teacher if you're <laughs> sitting on the wakeboard you know going right. you're gonna get better you're yeah gonna yeah get better. the pointers definitely help though but uh, oh yeah yeah is there anything else you want to include or ask me or anything like that that you have on your mind um, right now put you on the spot real man quick. yeah put me straight on the yeah, spot let's do it go ahead bro but no so <laughs> maybe maybe we kind of you can tell me like how that we're on the topic how how uh, is your like how has this podcast really developed through how long have you been doing it and how's it been okay. going so far um so basically i started i did episode one and episode two on my my personal youtube channel okay because it's just a sit down like eight minute eight minute talk like i would cut clips and stuff and edit it this is completely unscripted completely unedited of course Mm -hmm. i synchronize the clips and whatnot but i don't take anything out unless i have to and Mm -hmm. somebody says a name that they shouldn't have or anything like that self-incriminating yeah exactly or something that's cancelable cancelable yeah yeah uh, it's growing i did those episode one and episode two um and then I didn't touch the mics for a year. Okay. And then quarantine happened, right? And uh, I've always enjoyed, you know, tonic conversation, interesting conversation with interesting people. Yeah. Over quarantine, I got into other people's podcasts. And I'm really like, man, like I'm, I've always liked reading. I haven't read too many full books, but I've always enjoyed reading on my phone and whatnot. But I started being an avid listener to some podcasts. And I'm like, this is juicy stuff. Yeah. Like, what if I want to be a player in the conversation? Okay. How do I do that? I'm like, I've already like done podcasts before they were cool and I did it completely wrong, but that's <laughs> beside the point. Like, if anything, this just showed me that the world can shut down and like I'm blessed to like even have the opportunity to have a podcast. Yeah. So I grabbed Ryan Shaver. Uh, I think you know Ryan, but yeah, uh, I'm friends with AJ. Oh, yeah, AJ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's doing... I hope he's doing good at FSU. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he's doing big things. Yeah. I, I haven't talked to him in a while, but yeah. I tried... AJ's, AJ's one of the boys. Yeah. He's got AJ. man strength since, like, 16 years old. Oh, yeah. AJ is a freak of nature, dude. Yeah, yeah. That kid's been... That kid was... He was big in middle school. I know. He's... he's yeah, his chest just pops out of his yeah. shirt naturally. He's he's built he's built to be an athlete. Yeah. he's he's an athlete through and through. Yeah. So he's he's definitely gonna do big things for sure. Shout out shout out AJ yeah. uh, Shaver. Um, but uh, Ryan, uh, I just grabbed the mics and I gave the mic to Ryan. I said, 
plug it in, plugged it into the laptop, open GarageBand. I said, let's run it. Like, hey, I think episode <laughs> three is on Spotify and whatnot. So listeners right now, you can go back and listen to it. There isn't a video for it because it was audio only. But we're just, I just, first thing I said, I'm like, hey, I was like, how you doing? Yeah. And then I started rolling. And after it finished, I'm like, wow, I was low-key kind of good at that for just jumping on a quick 40-minute podcast right. talking about, had no talking points. Yeah, just, just kind of free, freelance. Yeah. And yeah. it sparks that interest in me, kind of like you said with a new trick. There's yeah. just that, that dopamine hit that right. just hits you. And I remember I edited it and I found out how to post it on Spotify and on Apple, on iTunes and on Google Podcasts. And I'm like, okay, I got a distributor. I'm like, let me get all these interesting people I know on this. Let's talk about it. Let's post it. Let's give a good quality image. And I'm like, and then let's market it. Yeah. And then let's let's roll from there. That's really so cool. All the, all those things, that quick little story has kind of brought me here. And of course, I got a lot on my plate too. But every single day I do one thing for this podcast. You do one small thing every single day, it's going to lead to a bigger outcome. 100%. 1000%. That's everything in life. You know, you you learn a new trick on wakeboarding once a week. I mean, yeah. 6 weeks go by, you got 6 tricks up your sleeve and sure. competition is going to be easy. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's th thanks for asking that. Yeah, that's a quick rundown on the kind of the wet slap and how it got rolling. Um, somebody the other day asked me how you got why, the name. Yeah, how I, was, I got the name. I was right there. That was I was about to ask oh, you yeah. how you get the name. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you've ever heard this lingo, but I used to use it a lot. I'd like to just like comment under people's pictures, and be like, "Oh, it's slap wet." I'd say slap wet. Okay. And uh, one day I was trying to think of a podcast name. <laughs> and this was back when I did episode one and episode two completely wrong. Just a little YouTube yeah. eight minute clipped out video. Um, and the I was thinking, the slap wet. I'm like, no, that sounds horrible. I'm like, the slap wet, we leave a mark. Like, do you? I'm like, oh, I kind of like that motto. I'm like, the wet slap. I'm like, okay, that sounds like a podcast. That sounds like something that will stick you know yeah tws too it's a good little play on words so yeah when you first like messaged me about the podcast you're like yeah i have the podcast the wet slap and i was like that's like i wonder what that means it's kind of a cool that like that's a yeah. cool name that's unique i've yeah. never heard anything like that yeah i appreciate that yeah i'm thinking about a mission statement because i want to be able to have a mission statement if i need to present it to anybody but uh the wet i'm thinking the wet slap like we leave a mark do you sort of yeah, thing like that's cool you know be great yeah, yeah. be adventurous you're probably the most adventurous guy i've had on the podcast oh thanks i would I'll say take louis, i'll take that as a compliment yeah yeah <laughs> you should i would say uh louis cortese is a close second and then everybody else is just awesome and has a niche that they're really good at yeah yeah and i think that's a, like that's a really cool idea that you're doing kind of bringing in people that have different like niche things yeah. cool talking cool things to talk about yeah yeah, I have a I have a, a long list, and I'll let you know, brother. I, you were one of the the first people I put I put down on the list. Oh no way! Yeah, for cool. sure. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, man, it's a I, big compliment. Yeah, and now that I put you on the spot once, I want to put you on the spot twice and one okay. more time on the spot. But uh, I want to uh, I want to go on a flight, bro. Dude, I was I was gonna say that we need to do like how cool would it be to have like podcast number two like in the plane that would be awesome like we we'll run it because i've already looked into how we could get the audio because i want to do like on my own instagram videos like overlay of me making radio calls so we can right. easily i've already figured out how to kind of video or get record the audio through the headset so cool. we could have crisp audio 
And I think that'd be dope. That would be awesome. And even if like just record a video up there and like, you know, talk yeah. about it and stuff. Uh, <laughs> that'd one, be cool. Yeah, one cool question that hopped on my mind. We'll we'll schedule that after the podcast for sure. Yeah. We'll we'll see when we're happen. open. Yeah, yeah. Dope, dope. There's a lot of buttons. There's a lot of buttons. I don't know about your smaller plane. Yeah. But you look at a commercial flight and you <laughs> yeah. see these lev these levers and yeah, yeah, yeah. our levers for my UK audience, but uh you see buttons on the roof and you see big red buttons and it's mm -hmm. like, is, is this all the fail safes or is like, do all these buttons seriously have a mechanism that they, so like, what's up with that? Yeah. Okay. So little plane, definitely. It's not this, you have a lot of stuff, uh -huh. but it's not to the same scale as like a commercial plane. Cause right. for one, I don't have like autopilot. I don't have like all of the, there's commercial planes have a lot of stuff to handle icing. So mm. icing is like if you get start the wings start to freeze because you're up or there. like you're getting freezing in the motor. So they have a lot of things that you can kind of turn on for that. Yeah. And then they have two two engines. So you have two throttles mm -hmm. because you have one throttle for the left engine, one throttle for the right engine. You have your you have mixture, which is another lever. So the mixture, um, when you fly higher, the air gets thinner. Right. So when the air gets thinner, um, the plane's bringing in less air. So you have to bring down your amount of fuel the engine's getting so that your the engine isn't getting more fuel than it is air. So you always keep that mixture air to fuel even. I see. Does that make sense? It's a moving proportion. Exactly. Like, okay. So the higher you go, the less fuel you're giving the motor since the air is getting thinner. So right. that's actually a fun fact. That's why airliners fly so high. Mm -hmm. is that the air's thinner, so they're a lot more efficient because they use less gas, and the air's thinner so they can go through the air without as much resistance. Well, uh, so you know how cars are slowly moving to uh, battery? Mm -hmm. Are, like, pilots in the far future, or, sorry, planes in the far future going to go uh So I've actually battery? heard that I think there is, I could be completely off, but I'm, uh -huh. I think there actually already is planes gotcha. being tested that are electric mm -hmm. definitely not i don't think on commercial scale but small planes that are being electric i don't know too much about that but gotcha. i can i can definitely see thing things are turning to be that way things are gotcha. turning to go more electric so i could see that i think it would take a I long time for a long time for airliners to switch to electric but right i definitely think it's a possibility then they'll have to ditch a lot of their old you know like super expensive, super expensive planes. planes right yeah it's like what at what cost i mean right and the airline i mean they're making they're trying to maximize their profit yeah. so at what point are they trying to save the earth over yeah. maximize their profits because i i think that an electric plane would the amount i think right now why it isn't a thing mm-hmm and what's probably a big hurdle that they'd have to overcome is that batteries are really heavy. And okay. plane, a lot of weight comes into flying. Like before before I fly, I have to make sure that I'm not doing, I'm not going to do anything that's going to make us too heavy. Gotcha. So like, because if you're too heavy, you're not going to take off in the amount of space that you might have to take off. Yeah, that, okay. So a lot of math like kind of comes into it that way. So if they have an airliner plane that's super heavy because of all these batteries, one, it might not take off without people. And two, now they can't put nearly as many people, nearly as much cargo because they're wasting weight on batteries. batteries. And gas, of course, is heavy, but I think 
all the batteries it would take to get a plane across the Atlantic Ocean, like mm-hmm. to fly long, long distances, I think would be a lot of batteries yeah. and a lot more weight than fuel. Something that I just recently learned, I was listening to a, a Joe Rogan podcast. I can't remember uh, who the guest was, but uh, he was talking about his experience, how he went on a fighter fighter jet um, with with the military. And uh, these guys, I've never realized it, but the G-forces, it's you crazy. know, they feel when they're yeah, flying. Crazy. And I'm like, okay, people pass out from G-forces. I'm like, what if you're the pilot and you pass out from like the G-force? Because you're experiencing like, what, seven Gs at yeah, certain those, points? Those guys are like bred different. Yeah. And he was talking about how when they're experiencing high G's, like, you know, six or seven G's, they do this thing, they go, hup, 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 trying to get like brain into their brain, or I'm sorry, blood into their brain. Wow. And I'm like, man, just imagine if you're f- flying a fighter jet, especially maybe in combat. Yeah. Because think about those times that you're experiencing those high G's. It's when you're doing those like crazy maneuvers. Like yeah. one, maybe you're doing a crazy maneuver in like a war situation right so you're already in a stressful situation and two you're going under all that pressure yeah that's crazy i actually saw a i was i went on a hard tangent the other night when when i can't sleep mm-hmm. like i'll end up going on these like crazy like in internet tangents and, <laughs> and i went on this long tangent dude so i saw like dope i saw a video of someone in a fighter jet okay and i'm like that's really cool. Maybe I should go in the Air Force. <laughs> That's so cool. So I start looking into what it takes to go in the Air Force. And I'm like, after I did like a solid 30 minutes of research, I realized that I don't want to go in the Air Force. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'll stay in the life of a... and I'll stick with what I'm doing now because right. like the stuff to go in, you can do like, it takes a lot of work to fly for the Air Force. Right. And you can do a lot of work and end up not flying. Just because of circumstance. Right? Just because you have to... One, you have to they you have to have some kind of oh, I forget the word that it was that they used, but you have to have like a kind of like approval through like a reference almost through either like an ROTC program okay. or like a crash course program that gets you that approval. Gotcha. But you can go through like all of this effort. Be you have to be like pretty top of your class mm-hmm. to, and then the top of the class. It's cool. Like I just learned this the other day on my tangent. The top of your class, the top of the class gets the first pick of their aircraft they get to fly. That's an and awesome. And then it steps down, it steps down. So it's but once I learned like that, you can do a ton of work and then maybe get like taken Denied. out of the spot. Right. And like that a lot. There's a ton that goes into it. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm like in my like. Right now, my goal is to fly for FedEx. That's what I have in my sights. So. Yeah, like that one, the one guy you know. Yeah. So like, I've talked to him a lot, and what does that pay he, roughly? He lives the dream, dude. Right. Like, he's so some backstory and like what he's doing. So he's only twenty-seven years old. So he's Good. the youngest pilot on staff in FedEx. He actually lives in Claremont. Cool. And um, so he's he flies six days six days on, and then has six days off. And he flies a route from um, like a 30-minute flight from somewhere in Tennessee, like a small, a small flight. And so he's working half, basically half the year because he's six days on, six days off. So you have a ton of flexibility. And he's making mm-hmm. like 300K a year. Like, yeah. 
So 300K is the perfect I heard, amount. I heard that, and he has like really good like flexibility with FedEx, mm-hmm. just having all that time off. He flies cool routes now that he's building himself up in seniority. Yeah. Does and he go international or does he stay in the states for the most part? So flying for FedEx, he he just flies that that normally specific that uh, that specific route okay. from from what I've understood. But yeah, he's a super cool guy and he's helped me out a ton just making like helping me stay on the right path and right. kind of making sure I'm doing what I want to do to reach my goal in that. And I think a lot in life is is putting that hard work in but also knowing somebody and networking. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. something I also enjoy about the podcast is I mean, now I'm going on a plane with somebody eventually. Yeah. It's like, okay, I just networked that. That's awesome. Definitely. Meeting cool people. Yeah. I think I, you couldn't be more spot on with that. Like connections are important. The yeah. people and it goes both ways too. Like you don't you don't need to be searching out on oh, how can this person help me? Like right. if you're just you're just like living your life, you're you're being good to other people, like yeah. you're gonna get that in return and obviously surround yourself with people that are helping you be successful and 100%. be that person that's helping someone else be successful, I think is super key. And whoever meeting meeting people that can help you and help you like meet those people mm-hmm. and learn learn like from firsthand experience from them on how to do things and them getting you connected yeah i think is key there's this uh artist named john billion um i don't know if you've heard any of his music he mm-hmm. has a couple really really big hits that were radio but uh he has a lot of like underneath music that i personally really enjoy but he has this documentary uh about him and uh he said this line that really resonated with me he was saying how everybody around him is extremely, extremely talented. And he's like, he, he likes to surround himself with people that are better than him. Yeah. Cause there's, there's that wavelength that of people who elevate you. And when you surround yourself with people you look up to and even mentors and and leaders and uh, a a group of leaders is an insane group, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and like you said, don't, don't search out people to gain, you know? Yeah gain like uh materialistic things from them but ra- right. rather like take what you can when it presents itself like philosophy and like right. tips and like, yeah take like take in the knowledge that's presented to you and do something for with sure it. yeah and yeah. i've i learned that a lot from wakeboarding when when i ride with someone a group of people that are better than me and i've been blessed in claremont like there's a lot of pros that live here. Yeah. So I grew up riding with people that are way better than me. Mm-hmm. And having like being able to one watch them, yep. and two just now now those eyes are now on you, and mm-hmm. you want to do good because they're better than you. So it gives you that edge, that extra push. Keep working to work and to like to work hard during that set or whatever. Yeah. So. I definitely think that's key. Surround yourself with someone that's surround yourself with people that are going to push you surround yourself. That are people that are already like maybe where the direction you want to go. Yeah. I have a couple friends that, uh, couple friends and like acquaintances, but still friends, just people I haven't really, uh, talked to much who are starting podcasts and they're like asking me like how to start a podcast. And I, I'm a hundred percent willing to like give them a hundred percent of the help that I've already had to learn on my own. Yeah, because I want people in this space like ASAP, and I want like people who are better than me and grow and grow faster than me. Like I want, 
I'm the kind of guy I want everybody around me to like be great. Right. I don't want to be the greatest in my group. That's a great quality. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be the coolest guy in my group chat. I want to be like, you know, <laughs> you want to be in a group chat with cool dude, like yeah. cool people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that 100%. And I think that's a great quality. And I think people, like, when people come to me for advice, whether it's wakeboarding or whatever, or mm-hmm. want to pick my brain about flying, like, I think that's something that people really need to realize is that, like, people are typically happy to talk to you about something that they have knowledge about. Yes. So like, yes. I think that's a really like key thing for people to learn is don't be scared to ask someone a question about like what they're doing because right. people people love to talk about like the the career they're in or the sport they do and kind of give that first sight knowledge about it. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that through talking to the guy that flies for FedEx or talking to the wakeboarder that got me into flying who went down went to dinner with me and let me pick his brain about that like people are awesome. happy people are happy to help exactly. most of the time so use that you know like take take advantage of that don't don't be hesitant to talk to people right because a lot of the times like i mean whenever someone asks me like i'm more than happy to give them information and stuff and i think most people are like that yeah. A lot of it's energy too. If if somebody reaches out to to you uh, for like a some sort of mentorship or just tips and tricks or to pick your mind about something you're passionate about and you know successful at, mm-hmm. um, I think it's easy to read energy when somebody's like truly, truly like trying to wants to learn. Uh, and I think that's a really, really a, attractive thing is when somebody comes up to you wanting to pick your mind and you can just feel that energy of like yeah motivation and inspiration and and forward thinking like and you can you can definitely feel that energy i found that a lot coaching wakeboarding Mm -hmm. you can you can know you know right off the bat the difference between someone that has a serious drive to want to learn oh shoot apple dude they're all there's there's uh yeah (laughs) let's make sure this is still rolling (laughs) This one's rolling. That one's still rolling. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this one's still rolling. I thought I had this one on do not disturb. <laughs> That's cool. We'll use the uh, other clips. Yeah, during that failers. We got it. We have triple. <laughs> we have triple fail safe. Yeah, I told I told uh, Sarah to not call me during this, but Go looks offense. like she's being impatient. But uh, what what were you saying before that? Oh yeah, so like you can definitely you can feel when someone really want like is driven and really wants to learn really wants to push themselves to learn versus someone that's kind of like there and they kind of don't really want to try something new and Mm -hmm. like they don't really want to like put in the work and like the people that are driven I would coach I would rather coach someone that's driven and maybe less naturally talented but you can feel that drive over someone that's naturally talented but not driven yes yes I, uh, in, in my, uh, something I live by and it just so happens that it's in my Instagram bio, but, uh, it says not talented, obsessed. Cause I've always, I've, I've attempted my entire life to be like, um, a a student of life, Mm -hmm. like just be a sponge, you know, and be highly coachable. And even when I coached those kids in basketball or, you know, just gave people advice, I rather take a very coachable person than a 
highly talented person because if you're coachable, there's a lot of growth to be had. Oh, it's yeah. almost like a, a prodigy. You're, yeah. you're a prodigy. For, to be a prodigy, you have to be highly coachable. Right. You could be, you know, good at something right off the bat and not be very coachable and not have that uh, that room for growth. Right. Right. You're, you're naturally good, but your room to expand on that yeah. might not be as much because you're not you're not coachable. Exactly. And you can see that for sure. Yeah. I've always tried to be highly coachable when it comes to anything in life. Like I said, a student of life. I like to yeah. take in and No, that's cool. That's I yeah. think that's a cool term, student of life. For sure. I try to I feel like I try to be like that as well. Kind yeah. of just like take take everything in. And I think my dad's played a big role in that. Like he's he's always been big on kind of doing a lot of different things. And like Good. I'm thankful of that because now I know how to do like I know how to wakeboard and can ridden dirt bikes, yeah. snowboard, like like he's had me play golf. Like I've done I a lot really, of things. I really want to get into golf, dude. I do. So that's actually that's something that my dad kind of made me do really? when I was younger. So I he would I would always kind of like go and hit or whatever. And my dad like made me take golf lessons when I was younger. And I was like, dude, I hate golf. Like golf sucks. And he's like, one day when you're older, you're gonna be good at golf. And you're going to thank me because you're good at golf. Yeah. And I was telling that the other day when I was on the course because um, I'm not a great golfer by any means, but I'm better than average. Right. And some guys I was playing with were like, dude, like you're really good at golf. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, like my dad told me one day I'd be happy I'm good at golf. And, yeah. And today and I've definitely felt that for sure. I'm glad yeah. I'm good at golf now. It's Golf. It's funny because when you're a kid. And you see golf, you're like, that's stupid. Yeah, right? that's that a stupid sport. Like, that's not a real sport. Then you grow up, and you know, high school or maybe a little bit after high school, you grow up, and you're like, golf's dope. Like, Dude, you're telling yeah. me my I, back doesn't hurt when I'm finished with it, and I have a great time, like with the scenery. And no, and I can drink a, a beer it's, while it's I play. A good pastime, like you go play. Yeah. It's like a good pastime to do with some friends and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like a chill thing to do, and. I found out recently, like moving to UCF, I've actually, that's one thing I have been doing. I've been playing a decent amount of golf because one of my coworkers, uh, he works at a golf course as well. So he's been getting us on the course for free. Nice. So we've been, we've been running some golf and I found out like a lot of people play golf, like, like that might not have played growing up that, but are getting into it. And I think golf's something that's great because you can do it when your whole life, you know? Right, right. My, my grandparents still play golf in their, their eighties still love to play golf. So I'm looking at that. It's like, there's no way I'll be able to wakeboard when I'm, (laughs) when I'm old. Like my body's already taken a toll from wakeboarding, but I sure will be able to play golf. Yeah. I know a lot of, uh, like hall of fame basketball players and a lot of basketball players overall, even when they're active in the NBA, they get into golf oh, and yeah. they take it very seriously. Like there's a lot of NBA players, especially Michael Jordan, who are really, really good at golf because they're like, I can't do this shit for the rest of my life, yeah. but I Dude. have this itch to be out and mm-hmm. compete. hundred percent. And they say, okay, I can just ride a golf cart, you know, no sprinting, none of that. Just enjoy the scenery, calm down and still compete and have yeah. a good time. I think a lot that's I didn't know that, but I I found that out. A lot of like, like major league athletes, like oh, big yeah. big athletes, like the majority of them play golf for sure. I heard Steph Curry's actually like really good at golf. Oh, I'm sure he that like, man can't miss. I think Steph Curry. <laughs> I've heard he's nasty, like scratch yeah. golfer nasty. Oh, that's dope, bro. I love Steph Curry. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, do you keep up with the NBA at all? Not, not that much. Right. This season, Steph Curry's team, the Warriors, are not very good. You know, Klay uh, Thompson's out with injury still. Yeah. But Steph Curry has broken like three or four records in like the past month of the month of April. The most threes made in a in x amount of games. He became the all-time scorer for the Warriors, and I think there's a couple other records he broke in the NBA recently and he scores he's scoring like 40 points a game on a yeah. horrible team right now yeah Steph Curry is stepped up is the, the man plate. yeah he's the man I mean he's the man it's cool because Golden State's like I mean like someone's gonna roast me because my knowledge in basketball is so little but Steph Curry I feel like was on a team that has been surrounded with other really good players they have been yeah and now he's kind of like the face of that like he's not surrounded yeah. so he has he's stepping up to the plate right. if somebody roasts you for saying that they're dumb because <laughs> he's definitely been loaded with good players yeah. but you know if you're on a super team that's just the cards you were dealt i mean you can't like somebody you can't hate on him for that right you can't right hate on someone for that. somebody who's born into money i mean it's, it wasn't their choice like somebody who was born with like a really rich family like I, i'll never give people a hard time but the super team it just depends like definitely you can't give someone a hard time if they're born into a rich family and they right. they act like fine about it but right. then there's those people that are born into a rich family and need to let everyone know that they're born into a rich family oh yeah and that that gets like that that rubs yeah. me the wrong way a little bit right sometimes it comes from a a dark side of my inner thoughts when i see somebody who is like hand dealt like a really like like super nice sports car, like an yeah. eighty thousand dollar car at sixteen, and and but they post it like it's theirs and like they worked for like, it. And yeah. I'm like, I shouldn't feel this way, but I do feel this way, and a lot of other people feel yeah. this way. But like, screw you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how I look at it is like, I don't care if I'm making like millions. Like, I'm never gonna give my kid an open credit card. Like, oh yeah, no. where they can go and spend. Like, it doesn't matter how much money. Like, right. it didn't matter if I'm. A billionaire. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give my kid an open credit card where they can go buy whatever they want whenever they want For sure. and not even blink an eye about it because I think that that creates monsters and that yeah. creates someone that's not like appreciative of anything they're given. Right. And it also doesn't like build that hard work character because if mm -hmm. you're getting handed everything, you don't, you're never taught that you have to work for things. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I got to, that Honda Civic outside, bro, and I'm hoping. My dream is to have a Type R, bro. Like I know it's Type Rs are dope. Yeah, yeah, they're dope. But a lot of people hate on you know the Type Rs and stuff like that yeah. because like if you get a real sports car. So I had yeah. a W. I had a WRX for a few years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I saw you at a stoplight one time, and I didn't dude, know it was you right away. But I loved that car. I loved that car. Actually, those things kick a punch. Yeah, they? I got. I had it tuned like yeah. stage two plus, pushed like twenty plus pounds of boost. Nice. And yeah, unfortunately, she she died on me, and I sold it. And oh man, got a boring car now. But what died out on her? Um, I spun that? it. So what? Like I'm not. I'm. I can fix. Like I'm kind of mechanically inclined, but not okay. like to the max. Right. And so this one, this problem was beyond me. I had no idea what was wrong with it. So I took it into a mechanic, and he basically told me he's like, look, like we can try to dig into this thing and do a bunch of work. And see if we can get it fixed. Basically, take the whole motor apart, and it might not even get back together. And it's going to cost you a ton of money to do it. So you're basically looking at putting a new motor in this thing, which is, is going to cost me like 
a lot. Eight to ten grand to put a motor it's in it. Gonna really and hurt the resale too. Re- yeah, to put a motor in it, and I'm like, dude, like this car is not worth putting ten grand into. Yep. So I sold it to a guy that is a mechanic that is mechanically inclined to troubleshoot on his own. Mm-hmm. So he's not dumping a bunch of money to someone to do it, but dump. He said so. He ended up taking the whole motor apart. He took he it replaced as a the pistons, replaced the rods, like, and ended up spinning a bearing. So he, like, he rebuilt the whole motor and he got it going. Gotcha. So good for him. Yeah, I took a major hit on that, but <laughs> someone's loss is someone else's gain. For sure, that's a project that he took. Yeah, that he enjoyed. But uh, what what are you driving now? I got a. I bought a golf like a Volkswagen Golf. Oh, okay. So not like. Not the Golf R or anything, just like just a Golf. Like yeah. you have the Civic, like you know, right, you can right. get Civic SI or Type R. It's the base. So I have like, I have like the base Golf, but yeah, I bought it myself, so I'm proud of myself. Yeah, for man. That. Same here. I I love my my Civic because it's it's a I think a twenty four thousand dollar car. Mm-hmm. I bought it almost brand new. Yeah, uh, felt good to like write my name down. Exactly. And, it's a know. good feeling. It's like a feeling of accomplishment. Like that's sure. something that like. I worked for like, like yeah. I I managed like I took the money that I got from the Subi I sold that didn't get much for it because it had no motor right <laughs> and then financed the rest and it's cool to just like know that that's something that I worked for not like my parents didn't work for that for yeah. me to so give us a, a whole, sense of accomplishment yeah to give it a full full circle right here when you started you're saying it if just handing your kids stuff yeah. it makes them not ha- not appreciate it exactly and us buying our own cars whether it's not the type r and it's not the the sports edition or and whatnot yeah it, it makes you appreciate it and it makes you enjoy the car more the way it yeah. runs and it right because you know, it's yeah you know that like, that's your car like your name's on the title like right. you're, you're making the payments yeah yeah it's a good feeling for sure yeah now that i work a, a tip job because I'm a, a server at Carabas. Working hourly to me, I just think like, oh, when I buy Chick-fil-A and it comes out to 12 bucks, I'm like, you're telling me I worked an hour for this Chick-fil-A yeah. meal? Yeah. And so having a tip job- oh, 100%. It, yeah, having a tip job makes it easier to not fall into that little pit of like, this is an hour worth of work sitting in front of me that I'm about yeah. to eat. Now I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, maybe a table, like it's two like, tables <laughs> or something. They gave me extra money, you know, I can eat this and not stress about yeah. it. I used to be trapped in that. Oh my god, I worked t- two hours for this. Two hours for this for meal. This, yeah, or this gas. I just oh, filled my yeah. gas. Tank. I'm like, that's four hours of work right there. Yeah, no, I've got a taste of that since I moved out the past few months. Like, dude, groceries. Oh man, groceries are expensive. Have you lost dude. weight since you moved out? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, dude. When I was I've lost in... probably like six pounds. I actually weighed myself a couple of days really? ago. Just one because like. Before I moved out, like I was hard in the gym on a meal plan, like yeah, like where I was like counting my calories, I was eating thirty five hundred calories a day, like good, just like nice. on a bulk, and now I'm not eating nearly as much. It's not hard, man. Out, so it's hard. Definitely lost lost some gains yeah. for sure. When I went to Gainesville, I I did this mistake because I didn't understand that when I went to college, food was gonna be harder to come by because I have to make everything that I eat. Yeah, like there's no more parents or they no. went out and got takeout or whatnot and. Oh, leftovers. There's there's none of that. So, you know, like I'm buying like yogurt and granola. Oh, yeah, dude. I dude, I run yogurt bowls, bro. So like good. I'll get yogurt, granola, get yes. some blueberries, some bananas. Right. High protein granola. Yeah, too. And it's a good like, snack. It's a good yeah, yeah. snack. I would make I would make like steak and potato I and, mean, you know, packaged mashed potatoes and whatnot. I'd make a lot of a lot of different food, but uh, it's harder to come by like that. And I made the mistake of 
going on a cut when I got to Gainesville because I'm like, oh, I, w- I want to be ripped. I want to have a, a six pack. Like, yeah. there's a pool in my apartment complex. Yeah, like, I, I want to sit by the pool and show flat. out. Exactly. <laughs> Which I did. I got I got a six pack while I was there. I was doing a fasted cardio in the mornings, burning in like uh, like 350, 400 calories, and like at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. Yeah. in my little apartment gym. <laughs> I made the mistake of cutting when I got there and not realizing it but as soon as i cut i'm like i can't put this weight back on i'm losing yeah. muscle at this point and i'm like see i don't i'm think... trying to eat but i'm not i don't have the energy to go to school yeah. work a full-time job uh have you know my mental be mentally stable and make meals i can't do right. this i don't have the time of day right so i settle for that quick fix of the hot cheetos and <laughs> the yogurt's good for you but like it's not that calorie it's, yeah you're not you getting need. that big calorie intake yeah. for sure i don't for me, it's really hard for me to put on weight. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to do that, like tracking thirty five hundred calories, and that's a lot of food. Like yeah. I realized that, like to get thirty five hundred calories a day, and I was good on it for probably two months. Every yeah. day, I'd eat thirty five hundred somehow. And if you don't wake up and eat, mm-hmm. now you're now you have a lot of calories to eat later in the right. day. You gotta get, you gotta make it Force up somewhere. Feed. But yeah, I've definitely not been on a 3,500 calorie a day Recently. since I moved to college. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm sure you know Dane Whitaker. I know he's yeah. close friends with Camden too. Yeah. Um, I had him on the podcast uh, and the first time he was on the podcast, he brought up, uh, he's super in tune with his diet and, you know, a calorie surplus be. or a calorie deficit. He's super in tune with anything athletic uh, for building his body or cutting his body or bulking. He was going out. This is when he first started working out and he was really like in tune with it. And he was, you know, going out with friends and they were there and, you know, they were waiting for him outside or whatnot. And at this point, he said he's he's on multiple occasions force fed himself to the point where he's, you know, puked it out before and had to re-eat the meal. Oh, Not the man. puke, but re-eat yeah, the same eat meal. more because he just puked it. Right, right. He's like, there goes my fucking calories. I just ate 600 calories. And but, it all uh, came out. <laughs> yeah, and he... Said his parents or his uh, friends were outside waiting for him, and he took his chicken. I believe it was chicken and rice, and he put it in his little blender, and he oh, blended up. Yeah, no. he blended up chicken and rice and drank it as a shake. He said it was horrible. He's like, but that's the quickest way he could have done it. You know, just dude, drink that's it. that's next level. Next level dedication. Next level dedication. Yeah, and being in college, like I don't know, not everybody's built like Dane. Not everybody's built like Dane. He's insane <laughs> when it comes to that. Yeah, Dane's it's one a big of his boy. vices. Yeah. Camden was working out with him a lot before we moved out there. Did Camden see any uh, exponential growth? Oh, yeah. He was, he was getting bigger. He was yeah. going hard. He I definitely remember, got bigger. Yeah, because... He put him on a program and... Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, Camden doing, you know, 95 pounds on bench, which isn't... There's no... I don't I don't focus on, you Numbers. know, weight. But when you see a guy go from repping 95 to repping 135 and, mm-hmm. you know, gaining some weight, he's like, that's dope if that's his goal. Yeah. I'll never... I never shame people in the gym i'd rather see super unhealthy people in the gym getting right yeah i want to see 100%. the gym full of fucked up people like yeah. on that yeah because good for them i i think that i couldn't agree more like right. i think it's bad when people like i think it's sad that people judge people that are out of shape to, from being in the gym like they're here yes. to get better yes they're here trying to take a step in the right mm-hmm. direction why would you ever put them yeah. down for that I've seen some like younger kids and like, you know, how they work in big groups at the gym and they hog a a machine for a long time. I've seen those kids like, you know, I see them look at somebody and laugh at them or the person's not doing an exercise right or a person's like, you know, whatever it is doesn't look that good. And, you know, I'll see them peek over and say something and laugh and I'm just like, 
yeah come on bro like i mean teen, they'll teen grow age, out of that yeah but they'll grow out of it right there's there's i think room for growth there for sure that yeah. they'll realize but yeah yeah. I, yeah that's that's something that's definitely like you can't you can't put someone down for trying to better themselves yeah you know yeah. being there putting in the work so you got every, everyone's got to start somewhere you know when you when you first were in the gym like you weren't putting up big weight like maybe you like worked your way up to the big Not weight everyone started start somewhere i started from bare scratch dude. oh I'll me too you, i was scrawny i was, I was never scrawny, scrawny before i was in the gym i had no i didn't start with any sort of base at all man i was a little kid i started at when I started lifting, I was 153 pounds when I started lifting. Okay. Uh, I got up to recently, I gotten up to like 203 before, but recently uh, I, sit at, I sit at around 200 even, uh, but I got up to like 206 on my most recent bulk. Yeah. But uh, recently I haven't been on my grind like that because I've been busy with like podcasts and mm-hmm. school and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't start with any sort of base. There's some kids that start that are like already kind of like ripped a little bit and kind of mm-hmm. swole and I'm like good for you I and mean, some people are more naturally built too like yeah right weight be, distribution yeah they're just naturally a little bit more like built right right and they have a better base but yeah i was i was scrawny a few years back you know action bronson no he's a he's a rapper he has a couple big songs with like chance the rapper and stuff okay and I, I like some of his work but he was on uh to bring up the joe rogan podcast again i've been i've been keeping up with joe but uh, he had him on and talking about his transformation. And I mean, this simply just this going from. Yeah, he went blubber, from like he went from like big boy blubber to like big boy muscle. Like, I'll beat your ass. Yeah. Like, like don't mess with ass me. Ass too. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just a difference there. And people think it happens overnight. But oh, definitely you know, not. Yeah. He, Action Bronson was talking about how this is years and um, it took him to he had a baby. I think he had a daughter. Okay. And he was thinking, like, you know, obese, obesity and having a lot of fat is a cause of a lot of different disease. And, you know, it makes yeah. you more prone to being ill and not being able to recover. Yeah, it's not a healthy way of life. Right. He had his daughter and he's like, man, he's like, I don't want to die when she's like, like, I don't want to have these issues come up here in the near future mm-hmm. and leave my family, leave my daughter, leave my wife. Right. So he said as soon as he had his daughter... And I think he had a couple minor complications and it was due to his obesity, you know, mm-hmm. causing it to be a much worse than it should be. Yeah. With a switch, like, you know, stop smoking. He like started cooking real healthy, uh, started grinding, you know, networking, finding, you know, fit guys that's in the space as him and like yeah. working out with them and training and wherever he travels, like make sure there's a gym there for him. And it's sometimes it takes that click, you know. Definitely For give sure. something to give you that initial edge. Right. For a lot of guys, I think they start the gym because of a bad breakup. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> Why'd true. Why'd you start? That's true. Why did you I, start? So I actually, I started working out because of wakeboarding. Okay. So like a lot of guys, wakeboarding is a big sport to get injured. Like yeah. there's a lot, it's a high impact, high intensity sport. Mm-hmm. And injury is very, very common, especially knee injuries. Right. So I wanted to be proactive about it. And I so I started working out. I don't know if you've ever heard of Turn 2. Like, Turn um, 2? Is that like a program or is that so a guy? Or? It's a guy. So it's over over by like Turnpike on-ramp. And um, it's called Revolution Sports. But I started working out with them over there. A lot of baseball players in town work out with them. AJ cool. worked out there for oh, a yeah? bit. Um, 
yeah, a lot of a lot of the local baseball players work out there. But nice. I started working out with them. Just he he has a great program, like for all athletes, kind of tunes it into mm-hmm. you specifically. And but I started working out with him. He gave me a like he does like full body workouts, just making sure your body's moving efficient, your body's moving right. Right. So I started working out. I got on a plane with them. I was going probably five days a week. Started working out with them there. And then after a while, it was getting too hard to drive all the way out there because it wasn't super close. It's like a 25-minute drive. Yeah, and It wasn't practical at that point. Yeah, and I felt like I learned, like they taught me a really good way to start working out. Like I yeah. built that base and I started working out at CF just with some friends, which I yeah. think is a really cool way to work out yeah. too. I saw you in there almost every day for a while. Yeah, you know? I was I was on my I was on it for yeah, sure. For it a feels bit. good to be on a grind. It does, and once you get that regimen going, it's a lot easier to stay on. Right. It. Like right some... now, I feel myself kind of in that out of gym rut where I Same. need to like start. Like I need to start going so I'm I can stay on it. But yeah. I feel like if I start going before work, like bright and early, get my day started with that. Right will be the way I have to do it because after being in like sun all day, it's like the last thing I'm thinking about when I get home is suiting up and going picking to the things gym. up and down. Like, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> pick things up and down. I want to sit my Rawr. butt down. Like I want to yeah. sit down and not move and take a shower. <laughs> I like to think of uh, my progression in the gym as uh, you know, like a Bitcoin chart. You know, it goes <laughs> it goes up and then it goes back down, mm-hmm. but it always reaches new highs. You know, new highs every single every single fall and rise, and it's always trending upwards. Yeah, I like to think of that. I want to be a dad. I want. I definitely want to. When I'm 35, I want that to be my golden era, where I'm like big arms, fill out a t-shirt, big yeah. chest, uh, a little bit of a belly, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. but a nice little V maybe. Right. But like not not like dad, dad strength, not like dad bod, but like dad like unit. Yeah, yeah, dad unit. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to be a dad, bro. Or is that something you're excited for? Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to have kids one day for sure. Right. It's like far in the future. Not though. not in my not in my sights right now. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not. Same, so same. Ways down the road, but for sure, like I'd love to have kids of my own one day. Yeah, it's dope. definitely something that would be cool. Little Tyler Worrell's out, out <laughs> on the water. Yeah. Maybe one of little, your kids. Little prodigies. Yeah, yeah. They pick up golfing and they get really good, bro. That, that, there's a lot more money in golf yeah. than wakeboarding. Yeah. Yeah, is there? Uh, how's uh, golf money? Is it is it hard to get? Is it hard to get like be those big guys? Oh, for sure. Yeah, because golf. I think golf is one of the hardest sports there is. Yeah, because golf golf is cool because you can never perfect golf. Mm-hmm. You know, like bowling, you can perfect. You can get a perfect. You can you can bowl a perfect game. You can't shoot a perfect golf round. Yeah, you know, you can never so. And guys are crazy. I mean, like, some people, the people on tour, they're shooting, like, way under par. And, like, shooting par, if you shoot par, you're a great golfer. Right. You're, like, a fantastic golfer if you shoot par. And how par. many, I'm sorry, but I just can't remember. When you shoot par, how many? 72 strokes. Okay. So gotcha. 72 strokes is par. And those the guys playing on tour are shooting, like, consistently in the 60s, which is crazy. Like I'm, I'm, wow. I, I'm like a low eighties golfer and I'm, I'd say like, like I've, I've, I've shot in the seventies a handful of times. Nice. So thinking about shooting in the sixties, is like, 
mind just mind so boggling. far gone yeah it's so when you far brought ahead. up when you brought up bowling it reminded me of this clip <laughs> this guy um he wins uh i don't know what competition this is on the spn so it's probably one of the biggest competitions in the world but uh i don't know if you've seen this before it's pretty hilarious strike to claim it a strike to claim it <laughs> listen to what he says oh this was recent I saw a recent thing of this <laughs> who do you think you are I am man he's the, he's the worst kind of winner he's yes. the worst kind of winner dude he rolls it. who do you think you are I am it's like what does that mean <laughs> he's just dude I saw that like I've never seen that before until like probably maybe yesterday I saw really? that on Instagram oh, somewhere yeah and that was cracking yeah. me up it was definitely a meme for they used it as a meme I don't know what year that happened I think it was pretty recent but yeah oh yeah I saw that that was cracking me up that's that is the worst kind of winner yeah. <laughs> that's the worst kind a winner <laughs> bowling's bowling's a lot of fun golf's a lot of fun sports like that are a really really good pastime man yeah so and i guess it the fact that it's a really good hobby and pastime makes it really hard to succeed in the sport and being like really good at it oh yeah i think i think golfing like there's there's big money in golf big right. big money in golf there's a lot of viewers people don't understand it oh there's yeah a lot and of there's a lot golf. like the company because think about golf like the audience for that you have big business people. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of money in the sport of golf. Right. There's a lot of money in sponsors, the sponsorships mm-hmm. in golf. So, yeah, yeah. you. Are, I always love going to Dick's Sporting Goods because mm-hmm. I always go to the little putt, little putt yeah, area and, and rip some putts. Man, <laughs> pull in one from freaking opposite corner. Throw me over there, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw me on the tour. Yeah. Throw me on the tour. I could probably be a kind of funny little tiny videos going in there with a caddy and everything and maybe a golf cart pull up to the you know the front and go in there and get all serious that'd be that'd be a good one that would be good i think talking about it just like reminded me because we were talking about nelk earlier yeah and now dick's sporting goods like when they go in and they act like they're a worker oh yes those vids (laughs) that's that's funny like they have like the uniform and the name tag, and they just right. like start doing like some whatever. Like or they go up to the the employees and they're like, hey, it's my first day, and blah blah blah, and they convince the employees even that they're oh, an employee. Yeah. That's too. Like good. yeah, I was sent over from this location. They're like all right, yeah, yeah. Well, let me show you this, and then they just start fucking around instantly. Bro. Oh yeah. Sometimes I watch prank videos like that, and they get so intense that I have to pause it for a second and like be like, okay, I gotta redirect my my uh attention <laughs> to something else for a second because this is getting way too like crazy yeah because they push they push it to the to the max oh yeah, yeah they really do yeah man dude i'm, I'm trying to i've been trying to run the podcast longer because mm-hmm. i think uh i want to put more content out there and i definitely want to uh have more in-depth um conversation because sometimes i feel like the podcast once the talking points finish then I close out the podcast. I'm like, then we have a good conversation after the podcast. I'm like, like, why man. didn't I just keep going? Yeah, we could you know have just saying? kept talking. And you know? I feel like like that's what we kind of done. Like yeah. the talk, like the points that we, those main points ended a while ago, and we've just been kind of yeah, like having a conversation. Yeah. It's been pretty cool. Because with this podcast, I want it to be guest based for the most part, um, but I don't want it to ever be like an interview sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think people pull out interview sort of ideas from the guests I have mm-hmm. when I ask questions or lead on conversation. But then also, I just want to have 
quality convo with that person and kind of like get into the in-depth, you know, yeah. things of life. Definitely. Because you can take a person for face value and for what they've done and, and what they their hobbies and what they are working for. But then you can also talk about some random topic and then all of a sudden it's like you yeah. get a whole other sense of this person that right. you had never knew before. Or like, yeah, and you can definitely, like you see people, you see people like what you see on Instagram mm-hmm. and what you see on social media, like that might be like, like the broad, broad picture of that person. Right. Like I feel like my Instagram is a really broad sense of the person I am, like flying and wakeboarding. Like those are like the the two dope things yeah you do. <laughs> two dope things that are like the cover but like like this i feel like allows you to like dig into like a lot deeper 100%. aspects of a person yeah. like dane or louie or whatever yeah yeah because uh the what you post on instagram is very uh curated and you really put out what the, you put out there what you want other people to see right you know? and what what sponsors want to see right right what sponsors want put out like yeah my like i think about my i don't want to post i'm Social media is a big image thing. Yeah. And social media is yep. big for sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's new age marketing, yep. social media. And that's, at the end of the day, companies are sponsoring you, not necessarily just because you're doing good in a contest, but it's how you're exposing their brand. It's all right. about ex- exposure. Your outreach. It's all about how you're bringing people to that brand. So social media is definitely a big outlet yep. for athletes especially athletes that are doing more not like more independent sports like wakeboarding or BMX mm-hmm. or skateboarding or right. some things that aren't team sports that are like have you have private sponsorships it's a big outlet of exposure for those brands yeah basketball uh to touch on basketball it's uh it's a really difficult sport cuz even in high school they only take like the 12 sometimes high varsity will only take you know the top 10 in the school mm-hmm. so if you're not gifted right away like it's yeah, one of those you're sports kind of set up not you're set up right if you're the 11th best player in the school you're not on the team buddy like yeah you're basically you could have been the 20th best right right you know 11th or 20th it didn't really yeah. matter at that point collegiate athletes to go out with team sports i always have a huge respect for collegiate athletes because they're taking you know uh i think usually you have to take 13 or is it 12 or 13 credit hours to be Oh, to still be on the team. Right. Yeah. So you're doing, you know, a full-time schedule at the school. You're traveling on the bus. You're traveling on flights. You're participating in March Madness when it comes to basketball mm-hmm. for uh, a month of your school. Yeah. And you're studying abroad on the on the, on the the plane, on the bus, whatever, whatever transportation they're taking. I'm like, man, school's hard enough as it is. It is. Even if you get a full ride or a really good scholarship – to be a collegiate athlete, even if you're not going to make it professional, that's a crazy life to live. And it's, and you almost have to be kind of, uh, entitled to have either a full ride, which you're really talented at your sport or parents or family that are able to support you throughout and pay for that Chick-fil-A meal when you're out. Cause you don't make money. Big thing is collegiate athletes don't make money. Yeah. They can't even make it from their name, not even attached to college. Right. And I think that's a flaw. I yeah. think that's a little bit of a flaw because yeah. give those give those kids the outlet to make money doing their sport, you know? Right. Like they're like you said, they have a full course loan. They have full time practice, mm-hmm. traveling, doing games. Like they're they're too swamped to have a full time job making oh, money. Sure. So like you're kinda like, why not set them up for success so they can make some money 
doing what they're good at. Right. Right. So I don't know. That's like that might be like super naive of me to say because I'm not super like I'm not in that field. But yeah, I think. It's I an, think it's an opinion, something. and a lot yeah. of a lot of people have I that same it, opinion. I heard that they're making it so they can make money and there's a lot of talks about it i don't know if they've if they've actually made steps towards it yeah um for from the standpoint from the knowledge i have now what i think would be rightful is allow them i mean of course you know i don't believe the college should pay the players they're already getting scholarships and and whatnot for yeah being yeah, there yeah. you're getting free college like you're I getting agree. a free instruction manual to life right whatever you're and getting in. you to that next level if you're trying to play pro or right right but so i they, agree i agree they should make money they should be allowed to make money from brands mm. if brands want to if nike wants to grab the best collegiate player for the year or two they're playing collegiately before professional yeah so be it let let zion when he was at duke for that for that single year make 200 grand because of a nike deal yeah and be able to you know send money over to his mom and what's really what's i don't know what's the reason what's the reasoning behind not allowing it you know what i need to i need to be more informed on that from what i would believe is i don't know maybe like the normal students i I don't get it because i'm not informed on the other side yet yeah because i i'm not either ncaa Uh, for basketball specifically and i mean college football i mean they're making a lot of money these colleges are making a lot of money and the ncaa themselves are for basketball are making a lot of money because of commercials and and just selling gear and selling college gear and whatnot yeah and the college to the game and right the hype behind the team yeah they make tons of money right it's it's and the fact that they don't have to pay the players yeah is already good enough for them their profit margins are Imagine if the NBA didn't play their <laughs> for sure. NBA. Like, what do, what do they have to? What do they have to do? Give them free tuition for classes that are already there. They're making. They're right. losing nothing. Right. They housing, I guess. Yeah. But like, yeah, their profit margins are ridiculous. Yeah. And the people that are um, in college who probably would get the sponsor if it was allowed would be the people who are going professional. It's not yeah. like the normal guy that's playing D two basketball and got a full ride and is studying. Uh, uh, what'd you say you're studying business uh, marketing? marketing yeah and studying business marketing i mean he's not going to get paid for the sport there's no nike is not going to reach out to him or no. Puma, it's, whatever. It's, it's those big names those right big big names yeah the guys that those, you know made yeah, it there those and, trevor lawrence's the zions yeah. like those the face of college sports right that would be making it yeah pay i don't believe the college should pay the players because they give them scholarships and housing and whatnot but uh allow them to make money off their name even if they start a youtube channel and start you know logging their college workout experience allow them to monetize you think they couldn't no they can't they can't make money off their name man they can't do it see that's that's i I want that's now i'm curious like that's something i'm definitely gonna look more into like right because that's that's interesting i've never thought like too deep into it because it's just like not a space that really i'm in Mm -hmm. but that's really that's interesting yeah they can try to make money and not get caught, but if they do get caught, there's a whole, you know, it's on ESPN, especially if you're one of the top players, which is the only people they care about, Yeah, which would be the guys that have a good, really popular YouTube channel is one of the best, you know, athletes that are in college. You know, ESPN would talk about it and they'd get suspended and they would lose major, major deals with specific and, teams. It's just, yeah, it's just bullshit at that point. 
Really? Yeah. How did we get into that topic? What were we talking about? No idea. No Dude. idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I was, I was like, uh, yeah. pay the players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, like, we got, that was a crazy tangent, I guess. Right. We were talking about golf and yeah. bowling. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, do you, do you watch a lot of golf? Not a ton, but a little bit. I like going to like golf. Golf isn't something that I'd like love to watch on TV, but it's yeah. actually really cool to go to a golf match in person. Like oh, really? I've gone to Bay Hill a few times. Yeah. And it's cool just seeing like you can you can feel the focus like come like those guys are focused. Everybody's and quiet, good. right? And when you hit the ball, like when someone good like those like it sounds like a rocket, like because that ball gets compressed. Because they're hitting oh, the ball yeah. so hard, it gets compressed and it shoots out, and it's like you hear it, and it's crazy. I always think it's crazy that you have thousands of like like uh, viewers mm-hmm. lined up right. Like that's how good these guys are. You have thousands of viewers lined up right off the side of the hole, mm-hmm. like right off of where you're teeing off. Like I can't imagine like going up to hit with thousands of people. You can't miss. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna smoke someone. Right. Like imagine. Like it happens, you'll you'll hit one and it'll come off the toe of the club and it'll go straight to the right. Yeah. Like, dude, if those guys do that, you can kill someone. Oh, for sure. Doing that, like that ball's Oof. going over a hundred miles an hour, mm-hmm. straight. Like that's like it's crazy that they're that precise. Where that's not even it's not even a thought. That's yeah. not even that's not even an outcome, a potential outcome because right. they're so on. To t- touch on that, I, w- I was watching a. Uh... UF first Texas A&M softball um, a couple of days ago. My mom's really into watching okay. uh, uh, college softball. Um, and the girl was wearing one of those uh, metal uh, face face plates. They have like little metal so the ball can't get through if yeah. it goes straight to her face. And I've heard of a couple people dying, um, especially one major like case that happened, a couple people dying in baseball where – you know, the batter hit it and it went straight at the pitcher's face and the pitcher got hit in the face. That's crazy. Like if you yeah. think about it, like you're pitching a ball to a guy with a metal bat <laughs> that's hitting it straight bat, at you. <laughs> and it, it could, and there's a million, it could go a million places. It could go, you know, straight right, straight left. It could go a little bit up, a little yeah. bit down. But and one of those outcomes is you. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a one in however many, one in 10 millionth, you know, yeah. chance that this ball is going to go straight at your temple and you're not going to have the reaction speed to catch it or to get out of the way and duck. You're risking your life every time you pitch the ball. I mean, <laughs> come on true. now. It's that is true. true. The small per- you might be risking your life more when you go driving though cuz you know. Yeah. I think the percentages I think definitely. Right. But yeah, you have a point like that ball is like flying straight yeah. at you. I was actually that that brings me on like sometimes I'll go on YouTube yeah. I'll watch like see I don't watch like mainstream YouTube. You watch the weird. But I'll I'll look up like pregnant like, elephants. Like funny <laughs> like funny stuff like 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 uh baseball fights or like right. basketball fights. Yeah. And I looked up some of the baseball fights like when the pitcher hits the batter and they just go straight at him. The batter goes straight at the pitcher and the whole Throws bench the helmet off. whole bench clears and it's a whole team fight. That stuff's crazy. Yeah. My good friend Kyle Baker, uh, one of my best friends since high school, they have this one baseball fight. And they still talk about it to this day. Like, whenever he's around his baseball buddies from high school, he still talks about this. But, like, it's so funny how much it resonated with them and how big it was to them. Because there was a huge baseball brawl they had with a certain specific rival high school. Yeah. I can't remember what high school it was. I didn't play baseball. 
but uh, he still talks about it to this day about, oh, and then he grabbed him, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, blah, so-and-so grabbed him, and yeah. he f- slammed him, and then this guy is like, it was literally the highlight of their life. Oh, probably. So, yeah, those YouTube videos are a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I Definitely. wish there was a video of the story they talk about every single night, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, just so they can stop talking about it, maybe, but... Yeah. Yeah, basketball fights, Um, for me personally, I played AAU, which is like kind of like travel basketball. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's out of high school. It's just tournaments to get recognized by scouts or wh- whatnot. Um, I played in a couple of those, and some fights would break out in AAU, but high school basketball usually doesn't happen because of you know administration and stuff and you'll get kicked yeah. off the team if you do too much but yeah. aau i remember this one guy i'm i was real scrappy i think it was like my sophomore year i was a really scrappy player like mm-hmm. i really like to like piss people off yeah but like in get a, push in, person put push people's buttons right right but like within the rules of the game i was never mm-hmm. the guy that like it's like why is he doing that but like I would right. like stick my foot out a little bit and step on your foot when you're turning around, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I wanted to win. That's why I was there. Yeah. But this one guy, I remember he, um, they called an offensive foul on him. I dropped a charge and I stood up and he grabbed the ball and slammed it in, into my in chest. chest. And it, I just kind of grabbed the ball like smiling because like I was into it. But the rest of my team, man, this is the best feeling they ever. Rest. Yeah, the rest of my team, uh, a buddy of mine, Zakani, I played basketball with him. He came running, came running running i think he was on the bench or maybe he was just standing by the bench he's on the on the floor he instantly sprinted at this guy and kind of like bumped him with his chest and this guy went flying on the floor and he's like hey don't he's like don't touch my player bro he's freaking out and my our bench was cleared and then their bench was cleared and then the rest broke it up yeah but i'm like man I was, i'm just sitting there smiling with the basketball i'm like holding it like this you know smiling yeah and i'm like I, i'll never forget what my team like had no back it's like it's that. cool and like your boys have your back for sure. Right. Dude, I've found I've found it like crazy when you're downtown, how many people try to pick fights with you for oh my no God. reason. It's so bad. Some people for go no out for reason. that reason. Yeah, like like the other day we were we were downtown uh-huh. and I swear I make eye contact with this guy. He's probably five feet away from him. Uh-huh. I, we make eye contact. Right. He says, You good, bro? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm good. Are you good? He's like, yeah, you, you, I, you want a problem or something? I'm like, I was like, bro, like, and, oh. and Camden's with me. Camden's with me. Oh, and yeah. Camden's got, like, he's got a short fuse. Yeah. I'm a bit of a longer fuse. Like, like Camden, Camden's a little bit right. of a short fuse kind of guy. I've seen it, yeah, and for he's, sure. He gets pissed. He's like, dude, get out of here. He's, and the, get, the guy's like, oh, I'm not from Florida. You don't, you don't do that to me. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, dude, leave, bro. Like, get out of my face. Yeah. Like, don't don't go stick into my face over some eye contact. For real, people people are really and you have people just I had some guy elbow me in the back. I, don't, I turn around. I'm like, Are you all right? What, dude? <laughs> like, is it like, what are you doing? Walk your way. I'll walk mine. Like, I call that LDE. You know what that stands for? <laughs> no, little dick energy. Yes. <laughs> you know what it for? Whenever a guy's pressed like that, it's LDE, bro. Yeah. I mean, the, I I don't pick fights because I'm not compensating for like you know, talk masculinity, toxic masculinity. Like I don't need to fight somebody to know like, yeah, I'm cool and better than them. It's right. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not a person that'll like, right. That's going around looking for fights, but right. I, I also don't like getting disrespected like off of no reason. Yeah. So like when someone disrespects me or disrespects like my friend or someone that I'm with, like 
that's not cool. Right. It's it's almost like it turns from checkers to chess real quick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. As soon as somebody's like, serious. you all right? It's like, okay, this is not checkers. Yeah. Like, we didn't just share eye contact and kind of like looked away. This is now chess. Yeah. Like, what's your next move? What's right. my next move? Why, why are you coming at me like that right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's funny that you say that because, yeah, downtown Orlando, if anybody, if any of the viewers that are still on this three-hour podcast, <laughs> I'm really trying to reach three hours. Right now. I think we're almost there. Maybe like two hours and 30 minutes. Wow. Two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, what was I? Oh, uh, oh yeah. Downtown Orlando. If any of you viewers have been there, yeah, people like to pick fights. And it's funny that you say that. I was with Camden and this really, you know, muscular, swole guy. I mean, we were still little jits. I think we we're like maybe 18, 19. This is probably like one of the last times I went out to the club. Um, um, we came out of the club. It was 2 a.m. You know, everybody's drunk. There's a lot of positive energy out there and there's a lot of like, you know, weird people. Yeah. This swole guy comes up. He's like, bro, he's like, you call me ugly? And Camden's like, what are you talking about? And Camden, this, Camden, I think, realized this guy was big. And so he's kind of like, a little you know, more, he wasn't a like, little longer, a little longer fuse. Yeah, the fuse grew real quick. He's like, okay, give me some time. Yeah. But, uh, and then he's like, you called me gay back there or something? And it's like, what is this guy talking about? Like, we didn't even see this guy. Was he in the same club as us? We don't even know. Like, yeah. who is this guy? And he's, you know, clearly trying to pick a fight with Camden, the young kid. At that point, probably, probably a lot, you know, smaller than he is now. And same here. But I remember I came up and I was like, nobody called you gay, bro. And I was like, <laughs> I came up with BDE. I came straight out of BDE. I was like, nobody yeah. called you gay. I was like, who called you that, homie? <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm trying to, like, spread BDE everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, bro, I was like, you're not gay, bro. I was like, you're probably, you know, you're probably, effing girls yeah. all around here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe I said it in a different context. but. Right. He's like, you know, he's like, all right, bro. He's like, I was like, you know, have a good night. Yeah, dude. you really big man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, like, I responded with the LD with the BD and as much as dude, possible. And sometimes people like they get like really shut down by that. Like, yeah. wow, like this guy just really like big man me. Like, yeah, took the bigger path and like, damn, like yeah. maybe I was being a dick. Because like, it, 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 like you said, it's hard to get disrespected and not respond to it the same with the same energy. Um, which I mean, we're all guilty for, mm-hmm. but um. So it just becomes a pissing match yeah. at a certain point where it's like, you suck, <laughs> you suck, you disrespected me, yeah. you disrespect It's I'm, a pissing match. I have yeah. a really good story about a disrespectful like situation. In downtown? We were, not downtown. So we were actually, this was when we still lived in Claremont. Okay. It was me, Camden, Carson, and our other friend, Ben. And uh-huh. we were Ubering from Claremont to Gilt. Was it Ben Dover? Ben Gil- no, Ben Golub. I said, I said Ben oh, Dover. Ben Dover. <laughs> Man, dude, I didn't even catch it. No, me, no, this caught guy. Me slipping. Okay, cool. What were you saying though? Okay, so we're Ubering from Claremont to Gilt because okay. no drunk driving. Right. Don't support drunk Good. driving. Love that for you. And um, we get the we get to uh, the Uber picks us up, or he's coming to pick us up, and there's four of us. And with COVID, apparently you can't put someone in the front seat of an Uber. So like you can only put three people in an Uber. Interesting. And he gets here and he's like, I can't take you guys. There's four of you. It can only take three people. And I'm like really respectful. Like, hey man, like, is there any way you can take us? Like, we'll give you a good tip. Yeah, right. Can you make the exception? We'll tip you well. Like, and he's like, yeah, but you need to get masks. I'm like, all right, no problem, dude. Like, we'll go inside. We'll grab some masks, whatever. Thanks for taking us. We go inside. We grab some masks. Get in his car. And I have a drink in my hand, and he's like, spill a drop of that drink in my car, you're getting charged. And I'm like, all right, man, not going to spill. 
Thank, thanks. I hate. For the heads I up. just hate that negative and energy. We start driving to Guilt, so we're on the turnpike, and I'm like, I take a sip of my drink. I don't put my mask back up right away. He looks in his mirror, bro. Put your mask on right now. Not gonna ask you again. And I'm like, all right, man. Like, calm down, dude. I'll put my mask on. Just like being super disrespectful. Really. And we get to Guilt, and like, I don't like. I don't like that. Like, I don't like it when someone, like we were talking about earlier, like, you can say, you can handle a situation in a completely different manner. Like, and yep. that's, so we get to Gil and I'm basically tell that to him. I'm like, hey man, for future reference, you can, you can get your point across without being an asshole. Right. And I get out of the car. He gets out of the car. What man? You got a problem? You got a problem with something? I'm like, yeah, dude, actually I do have a problem. You're my service. You're my Uber driver. You have one job. Get me from A to B and be respectful. And you can't even do that right. So, yeah, yeah. I do have a problem. He's like, yeah, man, well, what are you going to do about it? Starts, like, coming to square up with me. My Uber driver. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you know what I'm going to do about it, man? I'm going to give you a one-star review and no tip because you're my service. Get out of here. Like, what are you doing? Get wrecked. Like, I couldn't. I just could not believe that right. he's, like, gets out of his car. What I wish I told him, looking back, when he said, what are you going to do about it? I wish I took a video of him. I was like, I'm going to send a video to Uber of right. you trying to fight me. Yeah. Like, what, what, like, you can't try to, if you're doing something at the end of the day, like, even though you're, you're Uber, so you're kind of working on your own time, but you're still working. Yeah. Like, you're still providing a service to someone. Like, right. You're still, you're supposed to be professional. And it's a, it's a gratuity based job. So you want to perform yeah, be respectful, the best service. Be and... respectful, be professional. Like, right. There was no, he could have asked me. He could have said, hey, man, like, this is, like, this is my car. Like, if you could please be careful not to spill your drink uh, in hey, here. Hey, man, just make sure you don't spill that. Like, that, I'd really appreciate it. Oh, I would have taken – dude, no problem. I completely You'd understand. You'd be extra careful. I w- I'll, like I'll, – I'll put the drink – I won't bring it. I'll throw it away. Right. Like, thank you for – like, you know? Or, hey, man, like, Uber will get mad at me if you guys don't have your masks on. Like, I'm trying to be safe. Like, I'm scared of corona. Can you please put your mask on? Yeah, man. Right. No problem. Like, I'll put my mask on. No problem at all. Like when someone shows, like I feel like respect goes both ways. If you're, if you want yep. me to respect you, then you can respect me as well. Like yep. coming at me all disrespectful and being rude about the situation, it's just like what for what reason? You could have just asked yeah. it in such a nicer way. I have a very intelligent friend that is just IQ. I feel like IQ is a really interesting topic, but <laughs> yeah. like I have a friend that just has a really high IQ. Mm-hmm. And he one time explained fighting to me and he explained it in a way of he's like people who jump to like fighting and violence. It's kind of like this, this thing is spinning in your brain and then you meet this, uh, this wall that you can't get over by using words and communicating. And it's kind of like a sign of like, um, negligence and, uh, just being uh, incompetent that, like and your only outlet is like violent to be vi- violent right it's like oh, we're humans like we're not gorillas like we don't fight to be for a woman we don't fight fist to fist for a woman like we figure out who right. is the we're, best for we're beyond we're more likes. we're more like civilized ways right. of handling things right so that uber driver like i said this super high iq friend as soon as he <laughs> explained this to me because i used to be that fight guy where it's like Come on, bro. Like, we'll yeah. run it. Like, unless, unless it puts me in danger and there's, like, multiple people. You know, I'll stay yeah. out of dangerous situations. I don't want to get slammed or something really hurt. Yeah. But uh, 
I used to be like, let's let's run it. Like you think I care, bro? Like, and I'm a, a big man. Things like let's go. Like yeah. ego, ego, ego. Yeah, like yeah, let's yeah. run it. And Clash now I'm like, horns. now I'm like that BDE just takes over, man. Like I'm just like I want this beat. I want to yeah be a monk and be. Well, I mean, let me really let me really bigger yeah. person this guy. Yeah, like, let me beat him with my words. I'm gonna fight you, bro. What's wrong with you, <laughs> yeah. bro? Let me be, let me beat him with how much like better I'm handling the situation. Right, right, yeah. So as soon as my friend said that, and this friend that I have, he's so IQ. He has such a high IQ to a fault that he's he's moved away and he's trying to live off the grid. And he's wow. just one of those guys that's like, he's just, he's just too smart for civilization. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this just doesn't work. He's like, I'm just going to live by myself and have my own energy, have my own water, have my own cell tower. That's cool, though. Yeah, yeah that's he's cool. a dope guy. He's a dope guy. Uh, I'm going to have him on the podcast eventually, but he's in Tennessee right now. So, yeah. But yeah, that ever since he said that to this day, like I've looked at fighting differently. But when I get in a situation like that, I can't tell you I'll remember this. You know, <laughs> yeah. of course, I won't remember this. I'll be like, ego, right. let's go. It's, sometimes it's like heat of the moment and right. you can't help it. if someone really like does something blatantly disrespectful like in a way that's like terrible like sometimes it's, you're pushed past your limit yeah you can't control yourself 100%. which everyone's human everyone gets to that point eventually it just depends how much you have to push someone to get there right yeah i could honestly i really want to keep this podcast rolling but i'm thinking about the editing side yeah. of things and i'm like yeah okay, yeah editing this. with the three angles yes yeah this might this might be like a three day thing that I am doing, so this might not be released for like three or four days. Uh, hopefully, maybe I can get it by Thursday because yeah. I have tomorrow off and I could probably edit a lot. But um, oh, if somebody's still viewing this right now, uh, <laughs> if you are a minor league video editor, you don't have to be super skilled. I'm looking to hire uh, someone who can edit. All right, I think I'm looking to hire a video editor. DM me, uh, talk to me, comment. Uh, you know, where where can they find you on Instagram and for, uh, on social media? And yeah, pretty much all social media. Just at Tyler Worrell. I'm sure okay. you can. Yeah, I'll tag it somewhere. in the description. I'll probably tag your Instagram in the description of this uh, YouTube video. If you're listening on audio only, just look him up, Tyler Worrell. It's exactly how it sounds. Um, Dude, this was a pleasure. Yeah, I would dude. really love to keep this going, but like I said, editing's a pain. Yeah, it was yeah. great talking with you, dude. Yeah, I sure. really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll run, we'll run a we'll run a number two uh, at some point and keep yeah, it rolling. Definitely, bro. I appreciate you coming Sounds on. Sounds good. Yeah, man. Appreciate first you. podcast in the book, sir. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Check that off the list. Yes, sir. Yes, cool. sir. Good stuff.